Did you know more than one in seven U.S. adults have kidney disease and many don't know it? This National Kidney Month, find out what causes kidney disease and what you can do to take control of your health. Take a no-cost Kidney Smart class online at www.davita.com slash kidneysmart. That's www.davita.com slash kidneysmart. Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on This is a perfect day to die Wipe the blood out of our eyes In this life there's no surrender And there's nothing left for us to do Find the strength to see this through Thank you once again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the Conservative Conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. Uh, first of all, I want to say Happy New Year to all, and Happy to the year 2018. And uh, what kind of a year will it bring? Uh, as a kind of a, a recap uh, of something I said last week, uh, and that is that 2017 could probably be dubbed the year of the scandal. Uh, and I, I think I'm hoping that perhaps this year uh, will be different. Uh, now, of course, uh, some recent developments. Uh, we had uh, Nunez, who was requesting uh, to have, uh, and today was supposed to be the deadline. Uh, for the FBI to turn over documents uh, to the Intelligence Committee, you know, those, uh, you know, showing who they talked to, why they spoke with some things of that nature. Of course, uh, you got the dossier, which remember back uh, last year uh, when they were talking about the, you know, the so-called collusion. And I said, give it enough time, give it enough time uh, that they're going to create something uh, to try uh, – and this might even been the year before. Time's going so fast. Uh, they're going to try to create something to, uh, you know, prove the so-called uh, collusion. Well, well, then you got the dossier, uh, which of course has gotten a lot of attention, but it's uh, been proven out to be shown that it was just some opposition research uh, done by the DNC, uh, and so it makes you wonder who the real collusion. Not even really wonder, you know, <laughs> you know who the real collusion is. Uh, and so hopefully uh, my hope is at least that within the next three months, this whole uh, Russian I, – I, I hate to say it, but I kind of doubt it. But I'm hoping that uh, in the next three months this whole Russian collusion thing will be uh, put uh, to rest. And, of course, they want to try to use that uh, in order to go that their next movement is, and uh, that is to impeach Trump. Now, real quick for programming for folks out there. Um, I do have the chat up and working. However, um, uh, I may not be able to. I'm monitoring it uh, because I had to put it on uh, one of my, on my laptop instead of my 
desktop because for some reason it's I'm not able to get it pulled up on my on my desktop. I will be monitoring uh, the chat where uh, where I can. But anyway, so we have 2017 being the uh, year of the scandal. At least that's what I'm calling it. There's all kinds of scandals, and hopefully the ending of the uh, you know the beginning, I should say, of 2018 shows uh, differently. Uh, hopefully, you know, as I said, within three months, we'll see that gone. So basically, so we have this dossier. We all know at this point that it's fake. Of course, now they want investigations to show, we you know, what the, you know, our so-called investigative body, such as the FBI, NSA, uh, I'm not sure the DEA is involved, but uh, actually that's a different scandal, which we, we may touch on later. Uh, the NSA, FBI, CIA, you know, of course, we're, we're talking about uh, with the, you know, the, doss- the dossier we've been talking about. Uh, now they're going to, you know, tr- investigate that. So hopefully, here's what my hope is what all comes of this. I mean, we all know, you know, a lot of the background here is that it's finally going to get it out where we can be the beginning of draining the swamp. Now, I know last week I was saying uh, that I was hoping that, you know, the election of Roy Moore uh, would be, you know, part of draining the swamp. Now, that's kind of different. Um, there's two there's two different swamps, not even swamp. I've, I've been dubbing it. I haven't dubbed it. I'm taking it from uh, you know someone else who coined the phrase, calling it a cesspool. Um, trying to remember who that was. <laughs> Huckabee uh, called it more of a cesspool than than a, a swamp. Is that I think there's two different swamps that cesspool. Sorry, see see you see a term enough, it, it gets stuck in your head. There, there's two there's there's two cesspools that need to be cleaned here. Uh, within Washington, D.C., and actually just around the country, really, but mo- mostly in D.C. Of course, remember, these folks come all around the country. And that is one is, and apparently our intelligence uh, community, I mean, that, that seems to need to be cleaned uh, cleaned out. Uh, that says, Paul, because there's just so many and they're so entrenched, you know, how to be able to get them all, get them all out, I, I don't know. Hopefully this this you know exposure uh, to what they've done in cahoots with uh, maybe will pan out with the Obama administration and boy that that, that administration is going to be coming under some fire if some some of the things we discussed uh, just last week uh, start coming to the fore uh, but we'll wait till we hear some more developments if any uh, for that uh, but anyway so there's that uh, cesspool that needs to be cleaned out and then of course. Uh, the cesspool, which is our governing bodies, uh, whereas, uh, you know, one of the things we're going to be working on this year is to really promote grassroots candidates. That's why part of the headline tonight is uh, the grassroots revolution, you know, uh, and by covering the what, what we think the headlines of 2018 are going to be, which I'm hoping is a, another just year of scandal after scandal and impeach Trump and, you know, things of that nature. North Korea, you know, impe- you know, immigration, all these things ad nauseum. Unfortunately, I think immigration is still going to be, you know, a main topic this year. Uh, maybe we'll get some things finally resolved. We'll see. But I think 2018 is going to just has a whole bunch of, you know, of uh, things that we can hopefully can be new uh, subject matter that, you know, 
and so hopefully things start getting resolved. But the first thing's got to get resolved, you know, is all these damn controversies and all these, uh, you know, scandals, things of that nature, which which I don't know. I mean, it's just going to be all part of cleaning the swamp or the cesspool. But anyway, and so as we were promoting, as I said, we're going to be promoting throughout the year is to get some grassroots candidates on here, uh, candidates uh, who are going to be running and and hopefully with some of these retired uh, people. And I know you've, you've heard uh, that uh, Hatch in Utah is going to be retiring, opening the door for uh, Romney, <laughs> which – Wait a minute, isn't Romney from Massachusetts? Don't they kill you? Uh, the representatives are supposed to be from the place that they grew, you know, they live, and that these politicians, you know, go all over the place. I mean, look at uh, Hillary Clinton of New York, you know, and now you got Romney in Utah. It's like, come on, folks. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he, he lived there one time. I don't know. I have to look that up. But it, anyway, just it seems like just jumping around the country just to try to find a political. Uh, you know, a political job, but, you know, our hope is and what we're going to work towards and, you know, work with some of the, the people in contact we have here uh, to get the word out to, you know, Trump. I still think that uh, Trump may be a positive uh, influence on getting some of these grassroots people elected and, and getting, these, you know, incumbents out. Not all the incumbents are bad. Uh, a lot of them are. Not all of them. There'd be a few that I would look to keep. Uh you know, I would say such as like Ted Cruz, Rand Paul, uh, yeah, a few others, uh, but I can't think of uh, a ton of them. And I don't think we need you know, fresh blood. And, you know, as I said, we're going to be getting some grassroots candidates and hopefully not just ones running for federal office, but also uh, ones that are running for the local offices as well. Uh, so let's, you know, get, get more, you know, get out the career politicians and get in people who uh, haven't just been in politics pretty much all their life. Uh, so we're going to be working on, you know, working on that. Um, now, now, what the headlines are going to be in the in the future for 2018? Uh, hard to say. You know, I'd like to get what the, you know, your thoughts are on what that could be uh, for that. And, you know, what I'd like to do is uh, whether it's live here on the show, or if uh, you're out there and listen to the podcast and you want to find, you know. Speak on this was going to be the uh, the headlines for 2018. Uh, welcome to send them to me using the Bard's Logic Political Talk website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Uh, there's a contact portal uh, that you're welcome to reach out uh, and give me your thoughts on what you think uh, would be the uh, main topics, or, you know, topics that will come out and the headlines that are going to come out this year. Uh, hopefully we'll see something other than last year. I mean, it, it always seems to be the same thing. Uh, but here, what I think is, you know, at least for the first three months, as I said, it's going to be the, uh, you know, the more the scandals. But of course, and a big part, of course, is going to be the uh, the election, the 2018. Of course, that's going to be play big. But but I'm hoping to see that it's going to the headlines are going to be about grassroots candidates coming up and challenging the incumbents and actually winning in these primaries and then, you know, winning in the general elections and, and getting them in. 
I mean, it'd be, and it'd be even be great if we can throw in some other parties in there other than just uh, the R's and the D's. I mean, we see what the R's and the D's have done so far. If we can say one thing about Trump, yes, he ran as a as a Republican, but I I personally I think he's just a Republican in you know populist clothing. You know, I, I think he's definitely you know more of a populist uh, than he is a Republican. Uh, and of course, that shows by how much uh, a lot of the Republicans, especially the establishment, and even some of the, the conservatives or so even so-called conservatives, uh, hate Trump. And so we'll uh, you know we'll, we'll see that. And you know, of course, there's going to be a lot of a lot of fight. I mean, we see all the different things that are they're going to keep grassroots candidates out and people who would ha- or who are going to help drain the swamp. You know, and I really did believe uh, that you know Roy Moore would have been a good uh, bellwether of that, but I think um, their strategy works, and unfortunately, I'm hoping it doesn't see, um, you know, see that see that work down uh, the line in the future. Uh, but anyway, so I've got, uh, you know, of course, as usual, we do have uh, some articles for this evening, uh, have some audio uh, for this evening as well to kind of get things kicked off for the night. And so I got one uh, talk about one of our topics this evening. And of course, that's about uh, you know the different investigating uh, the investigators and you know really trying to expose what's going on. Unfortunately, it's going to you know it's going to show some corruption, I'm sure, which is go- going to really uh, dampen our trust in our uh, in our intelligence and you know investigative uh, community. Uh, but unfortunately, it looks like you know. You have to tear some things down to, to, to build things up new. So I'm thinking that, unfortunately, may be what we have to do. And I think it's a long time coming as well, obviously. And, you know, maybe even beyond, you know, even earlier than uh, the Obama campaign. I mean, Obama administration, went, but, I mean, they, they've really pretty much taken it out of the top because I think they felt like they can do and get away with anything with impunity, uh, nothing ever happening having the media behind them, uh, then they, they, they pretty much expose themselves and the, the American people who are just now starting to, uh, to wake up. I think Trump had a lot to do with that, uh, that waking up. Um, that, you know, I tr- truly think that uh, his election was a movement, but now the work isn't over. We've said that many times before. Even though he just got elected, uh, the work very well may have just begun. Uh, so let's you know let's get to it for 2018. Well, let's go ahead and I do got this uh, audio about uh, the uh, you know what sparked uh, the uh, the Russian probe. What you know what caused uh, these things, and you know at least what these, they they still called to try to get set up uh, for Trump because of course you know they they really thought that Hillary Clinton was going to win. Um, but they want to have something in their back pocket just in case she didn't. And well, she didn't. So now they got, you know, since they can't defeat Trump by the ballot box, uh, they have to do uh, do it to try to get things to uh, impeach him, to slow down his agenda, uh, or not even to slow it down, but to stop his agenda. So let's go ahead and uh, get that audio for it tonight. Questions now on what sparked the investigation into Russian meddling in the 2016 election. The New York Times citing unnamed officials reporting that former Trump campaign advisor George Papadopoulos prompted the FBI probe after an alleged drunken conversation with an Australian diplomat. 
But Senator Lindsey Graham yesterday not backing down from his request for a special counsel to look into that Trump dossier and other factors in the FBI's probe. Here's what I want to happen. Mr. Mueller to do his job without interference. And I want somebody to look at the way the Department of Justice used this dossier. It bothers me greatly the way they used it, and I want somebody to look at it. But 2018, this investigation will go forward. Let's bring in Congressman Ron DeSantis of the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, Congressman, good to see you this morning. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. All right, so we we wake up to more questions over this Russia investigation, and obviously we've got the the deadline coming up January 3rd, I believe, tomorrow, uh, for the FBI to turn over those much-anticipated documents that they first they said they didn't have, then we learned they did have, and they involve senior DOJ and FBI officials. What will we learn? Well, hopefully we'll learn the answer to a lot of these questions that are key questions, but yet that have been outstanding now for months and months. I mean, you mentioned what started this collusion probe. I asked Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein that very question under oath in front of the Judiciary Committee. Uh, He hemmed and hawed and would not answer the question. Uh, So it's a little odd to me when DOJ will not answer that, but yet there's some people either in the FBI or DOJ who has no problem leaking that to the New York Times. Um, you know, I think that, that, uh, that attempt strikes me as an attempt on some people in the agency to deflect from the dossier because they know the dossier has gotten so much attention. The report that Fox did about McCabe's testimony in front of the Intel Committee I think was really devastating because, uh, according to that report, McCabe said they didn't verify anything other than the fact that Carter Page went to Russia, which is not necessarily a big deal. So we're going to get those answers to the dossier, but clearly people are trying to, to say, oh, don't worry about the dossier. There were these other things. I'm not sure that the Papadopoulos explanation is really any better. In fact, it's probably thinner than even the dossier. I mean, they, they, Just let, some guy at I a could, bar drinking. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a... It, it starts out, during a night of heavy drinking in an upscale London bar in May 2016, George Papadopoulos, a young foreign policy advisor to the Trump campaign, made a startling revelation to Amer- Aust- Australia's top diplomat in Britain. Russia had political dirt on Hillary Clinton. So, when we await the documents that could possibly be released tomorrow, which has been quite a process to do so, Congressman, what is the strategy as you start out the new year, and it appears to be Russia, Russia, Russia again? Well, I want answers. We want answers to all these questions. I mean, you know, how did it start? When did you get the dossier, the government get the dossier? Did they pay for the dossier? How did they use the dossier in terms of getting surveillance on Trump associates? What was the role of Bruce Orr? Was he the one who brought the dossier? Remember, he was one of the highest-ranking officials in the Justice Department, and his wife worked for Fusion GPS, and he met with Christopher Steele, the guy that compiled the dossier, during the election. So these are all actually simple questions to answer, but we've gone months and months without any answers to the questions. And for me, the reason why I'm determined to get the answers, because I think if the answers were innocuous, I think we would have gotten the answers a long time ago. All right, and there's the Huma Abedin email dump over the weekend. Uh, The president is tweeting about that this morning, Congressman, saying crooked Hillary Clinton's top aide, Huma Abedin, has been accused of disregarding basic security protocols. She put classified passwords into the hands of foreign agents. Remember sailors' pictures on submarine? Jail, the president writes. Deep State Justice Department must finally act. Also on Comey and others. Congressman, your reaction. 
Well, you, you, he, what he alludes to, there was a, a sailor who took a picture on a submarine. You know, that is, I'm a Navy guy. That stuff is classified. You're not supposed to do that. He shouldn't have done it. But you know, he ends up going to, to federal prison for that, where you look at what Huma did, you look at what Hillary did, with how they had all this classified information on these unclassified servers and computers, and yet none of them were held accountable during this whole time. And not only that, but remember, this kind of ties back to the Papadopoulos. The emails people were talking about with Hillary were not the DNC emails that were eventually hacked and leaked. What the emails people were talking about with her is after the House subpoenaed her email, they deleted 30,000 of them and bleach bit it so they couldn't mm -hmm. be recovered. So yeah. that is, we've always wanted to know what were on those emails. It wasn't right. 30,000 emails about yoga, I can tell you well, that. Well, Congressman, thank you for coming on this morning, and Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Okay, and two things of interest uh, with that audio. Uh, one is, and I'm going to work a little backwards on that, and the la one of the last things they talked about uh, is, and you can find actually an article on this at the Bard's Logic Political Talk uh, newsroom, uh, where it looks like that Trump may very well pardon uh, that sailor. Uh, I've got an article here that you can find, uh, as I stated, in the newsroom there, on BardsLogicPoliticalTalk.com, uh, where you can uh, subscribe to the newsroom and get the updates uh, in your emails. Uh, and it looks like that, let's see, it's got here, uh, just a quick article. So the former U.S. Navy sailor has fallen in hard times after serving a year in jail for taking photos of classified areas inside a nuclear submarine. It says a tweet by President Trump on Tuesday morning has restored his hope for a pardon. Uh, and so, you know, the, you can read the rest of the uh, the article there, and uh, perhaps I'll do that. But it looks like <clears throat> Trump very well may pardon him, uh, which would be great. Um, you, know, you know, at least, uh, you know, I mean, for, for, you're right. For some of the things that they've gotten away with, especially Hillary Clinton, and we all know that there's two tiers of justice, if not more, uh, you know, one for us and one for, you know, one for folks like herself, uh, and then Comey. I'd mean, like to see all these people go to jail. Um, but then second is that here's an interesting development, and I, I got the whole article in uh, this article too. You can find on the uh, you know the Bard's Like Folk Talks uh, newsroom is Paul Ryan. Now this is today, so yesterday today was the deadline to get that information right that Nunes put out. Okay, or Nunes. Uh, put out. And so today, I know this was a report uh, at about quarter till six Eastern time uh, that came out. So it's House Speaker Paul Ryan held a surprise meeting Wednesday with Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein and FBI Director Christopher Wray about the Russian investigation. Uh, Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein and FBI Director Wray asked to meet Interesting. With the speaker, as we accommodated the request, Ryan spokesman Ashley Strong said in a statement, the meeting comes as the White House Intelligence Committee has pressed the federal agencies for answers about the anti-Trump dossier that has been used as a roadmap for the Russian probe. Wednesday was the deadline set by House Intelligence Committee Chairman Devin Nunes, or Nunes, <coughs> excuse me, to provide documents and witnesses. Related to the dossier, which was authorized by former or authored, authored 
by former British spy Christopher Steele and funded by the Clinton campaign and Democratic National Committee. Last week, Nunes blasted Rosenstein in a letter calling on the DOJ and FBI to investigate themselves for ignoring subpoenas for dossier-related documents and witnesses. In the letter, Nunez pressed Rosenstein to provide transcripts of the interviews conducted by investigators related to the dossier. He also demanded that Rosenstein set dates for interviews with former DOJ Associate Deputy Attorney General Bruce Ower, FBI counterintelligence official Peter Stork, FBI General Counsel James Baker, FBI lawyers Lisa Page and Sally Moyer, and the FBI's congressional license, Greg Bauer, or is of interest to Nunez because of a meeting he held <clears throat> he had shortly after the election in November 2016 with Glenn Simpson, the founder of the opposition firm that commissioned the dossier. Or's wife also worked for the firm, using GPS, to investigate Trump during the 2016 campaign. And then it goes on. You can read the rest of the article. But the thing that I find that the most fascinating with that, okay, is that a, a meeting with Ryan, with Paul Ryan, and we all know that I initially don't really trust Paul Ryan. <laughs> now, of course, we do know he's the Speaker of the House. But why would they go? And now, find this interesting. <clears throat> you know, I see some callers on the line. If you'd like to chime in on this, you're welcome to do so. But I find this interesting. Is that Paul Ryan? Okay, it was Nunez who, or Nunez, like whichever you pronounce it, he's the one who said, you know, we want stuff to go to, you know, our intelligence committee, right? This is what we want. However, instead of them going to him, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, or going to anyone, not even maybe Nunez, maybe even go to a Democrat. On the House Intelligence Committee, they go to Paul Ryan. Why? Now, maybe there's some legal reason that, to be honest, I'm not aware of uh, on that. And, uh, Susan, I'll get you in, in. But I do find it strangely odd that they would go to him. Now, I ever heard that they've turned anything over. I, I've, I've looked and see if there's any, anything, any reports on it, and I haven't seen any. Maybe someone out there has seen him, but I have not. Uh, so if anyone has, you know, you contact me or, or, or you can go to the Bards Lodge Political Talk uh, Facebook page and you can, you know, send me a message or put a post there or something. Uh, and like the page while you're there. I'd, be, I'd appreciate it. Uh, but I find it interesting. You know, of course, this just happened today, so more would come out. And I wonder what's going to happen uh, with that. And, of course, with them talking about impeachment, uh, just I don't know. Just leaves a bad flavor in my mouth. Let's go ahead and, and kind of since I kind of put that little teaser out there, let's go ahead and uh, hear Susan's thoughts. Thank you very much, Susan, for coming to the show. How you feeling? And how how's your how's your New Year going? I'm surviving. My cold is just starting to taper down, and uh, oh, you know, I have to go and get t- tested twice a week for that blood thinner stuff. Oh, I ate mm-hmm. it all. So anyhow, I'd like to stick needles in Paul Ryan. <laughs> um, no, I, I can't understand why he is so, why everybody trusts him. If they don't, then why does he get anything? Or, uh, 
I don't understand it. He is a walking, well, him and Mitch McConnell are both horrid, and I don't understand this love fest with them. I mean, if there isn't one, then why are they in such power positions? Why does anybody listen to them about anything? We should be kicked out, huh? I could I could do a better job than Paul Ryan as Speaker of the House. That's for darn sure. Um, by the way, I'm going to test you. I'm going to test you. This is a last subject. What? I said, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, what date did we become a democracy? What date did our republic die? When they ratified the... A day that our our republic died? Yes. Become a democracy. You have me stumped, Susan. I I couldn't even tell you. May 13, 1912. Uh, That's when the 17th Amendment was ratified and our republic became a democracy, which is why we have all the problems we do. Uh, the states lost their voice, and yeah. the two houses represented the people, and uh, so it was uh, it was democracy. Thomas Jefferson said was mob rule, and so this is why we're having the problems we have in you know the houses and Senate and all that. I mean, the voice of the states in the Senate became mute at that time. And if we had more of the power or someone had the guts, they'd kick that off and they'd kick out a lot of these people. The states would step up and say, we're done with this. And that's what we need to do. This is why we have people like Paul Ryan and the nonsense that's going on. And I want to uh, thank Scott's game there in the chat. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with the chat tonight. I apologize uh, for that, but I appreciate the, you your efforts in, in coming in. Um, and Scott says, I, I consider what Donna Brazil did, uh, tampering with uh, federal elections. Um, something is up about Paul Ryan. Yeah, certainly. Um, I, I don't. I don't know why they would go to him and, and not go and not go somewhere else or, or, or to someone else. Um, he's not even. I mean, he's not on the intelligence committee, as far as I know. Um, well, he's not even intelligent. He's not even intelligent, <laughs> you know. So I mean, uh, so I mean, we'll see how it plays out. Um, but I don't know. I mean, my my first inclination inclination is to, uh, you know, to not trust it. And remember, I mean, and, and just recently there there was talk about people wanting him to, uh, you know, step down. Of course, he he won't. But I'm hoping that eventually the guy would get uh, would get voted out. Uh, you know, is my hope on that. Amen. This is Wisconsin. That's where, he, that's where that's where he's at. This is the state that had the brains for Jesse Ventura and his governor. And they can't get rid of Paul Ryan? Really? I mean, seriously, how do they do that? I'm sorry, Miss, the first part about governor? Well, Jesse Ventura. They voted him in, but they voted Paul Ryan in. 
seriously, how do they do that? How do they go from that extreme to, well, I liked Ventura as a governor, even though he wasn't, he can come to Idaho to be governor. Um, I don't see how Wisconsin has such an extreme situation of beliefs, I guess, with different people they elect. I don't know. That's weird to me. Yeah, and and the thing you know, and the thing developed. We'll you know, we'll we'll find out more you know, more about that. Uh, and they said it's a, uh, they said it's a surprise. You know, it was a surprise meeting. Which yeah, I'd say it was a surprise because you know, I don't know. We'll uh, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with that. Um, but you know, I'm I'm hoping as I stated, you know, you know that. We, we don't spend a lot of time this year. I mean, think about it. As I, as I said earlier in the show, I mean, that's all. I, I mean, I feel like that's all we've, um, you know, it's all we've really talked about. I mean, almost all the whole year. Seriously, I mean, Trump got elected in 2016. We spent practically the entire of 2018, um, 18, 17, you know, talking about this Russian collusion and stuff like that. It's been a, over a year. And we're still talking about it, and there's still investigations of it. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. You know, we're we're still talking about it. I I just hope it doesn't uh, you know, just consume. Um, gosh, everything's moving too slow online tonight. It just uh, I just hope it don't consume the airwaves like it like it did this year. I mean. There's there's so much more important stuff that needs to be um, needs to be done, and this is uh, this is okay. My computer is that I'm I'm working on is acting up real slow and it's really kind of annoying. <laughs> so, um, hey, yeah, but I we have we, good news for you. Oh well, good. I'm I'm always good to hear good news. And you know California, what they did, right? Oh, you talking about the uh, – talk about the sanctuary state? They've ended up being a sanctuary state? Well, yeah. Well, no, 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 actually. The pot thing? Oh, well, this, yeah, they also uh, legalized uh, recreational marijuana at the same time, right? Right. Mike Tyson is open to a marijuana farm, Tyson Ranch. Oh, jeez. I knew that would throw you to the tips of your toes. The Tyson oh, Ray. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Let's just all run there. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Someone like him running that. Well, it's not any worse than Jerry Brown being governor of California, I guess, huh? I'm sorry, what's that? I said it isn't any worse for him to have a farm. And them to elect Jerry Brown over and over as governor of California. Oh, yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. Well, yeah, I heard there's like the, there's a sign that someone kept posted up. It said, uh, oh, I can't remember. It, it, it's something I found on Facebook. It was, it was pretty funny. Um, someone showed me that. And, gosh, my computer is really driving me nuts right now. It is absolutely driving me nuts. I, it's so slow. That's a NSA Bob is what it is. He's messing with my computer now. Doesn't want me to. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm not. 
but anyway, and so what, what do you would like to see uh, this year? You know, I mean, what, what would you like to see, you know, headlines on this year besides, you know, the stuff that we continuously be uh, discussing, you know, over and over again? Hmm. Well, let me ponder upon that. <clears throat> um, we can follow a lot. Well, of well how about how about grassroots wave? You know, in federal and local elections. <laughs> How about something like that? that? Okay. You know, uh, what you know, 2000 look at 2018, you know we're going to be talking about elections a lot. But, you know, how about, you know, you know, wave of grassroots victory over um you know, in the, in the primaries, you know, primary all these people out. Well, Michelle Bachman is uh isn't she running or considering? Michelle Bachman? Gosh, yeah, I Yeah. I, I need to sit in front of a TV more uh, <laughs> than I do. No, I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I haven't seen that. Where'd you hear that from? Oh, it was in one of my emails that she was considering running. No, uh, I, I, I guess I didn't get the. I, I guess I did not get uh, the memo. I did not get. I guess I didn't get the memo on that. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I don't get any kind of memos or anything, but that's what I didn't. Uh... No, I didn't hear about that. No, where where is she running in? I thought. Well, which state does she live in? Oh, she's running for Al Franken. That's right, Al Franken Senate seat. She's running for Al Franken Senate seat, huh? Yeah, she's considering it. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, he is. Uh, well, yeah, wait, you know, it's going to be, uh, you know, a couple. Yeah, I've, I've actually got an article about that um, here about not that about says Stuart Smiley says goodbye. Al Franken is no longer a U.S. senator. Um, this town hall um, says, uh, well, it all these pop ups. Says well, after Minnesota. giving one of the most. Non-introspective speeches on the Senate floor regarding a sexual harassment allegations. Senator Al Franklin is now a private citizen. Yeah, I. You know what? Here's the thing: when that guy got, I was actually surprised he actually even got elected. I mean, seriously, Al Franken? I mean, you've got to be kidding me. I, I, I just when when he got elected, I was just I was shocked. I'm like, the only reason I, I think that people, I, I really do. I think people voted for him. Uh, really, I think they voted him in as a novelty. I really do. I really think they thought, oh, wouldn't this be funny? You know, to have Al Franken, you know, get elected. I mean, did, I mean, <laughs> has anyone ever taken him seriously? I don't know. That's because Val sent me several emails asking me what food he should. Taste at the Minnesota Fair. You know whether it was he listed several things. Which one would you like me to try and get back to you with? I'm like, what the hell? I had never been to the Minnesota Fair. Why are you asking me when I live in Idaho? <laughs> but he did. 
That is weird. I'm on everybody's list. <laughs> I guess so, man. You're more con- you're, you're you're quite connected. Yeah, here's the thing. It says no, uh, and at the end of, yeah at the end of the art yeah at the end of the article it says uh, with former Congress now Minnesota has one less Democrat with former Congresswoman and culture warrior Michelle Bachman possibly eyeing a chance uh, for the seat and there's a a link there so let's go that says Michelle Bachman tells televangelist she might run for Al Franken Senate seat. Former U.S. Uh, Representative Michelle Bachman recently announced on a televa- televangelist and yet another pop-up. <sighs> I'll tell you what, everything's a pop-up anymore on the online. Anyway, uh, recently announced Sullivan showed that she is mulling a run for Al Franken's U.S. Senate Franken officially resigned Tuesday over allegations of saying, I'll be I'm surprised he did it. I'm, I'm, su- I'm surprised. He uh, he resigned. Really, I thought after the uh, after Roy Moore lost, I really uh, I really thought that he was uh, he was going to renege on it. I really do. I'm I'm actually surprised that he did. Uh, Since Bachman, who has five children and fostered 23 children, my gosh, has become somewhat of a hero in some conservative circles, taking the stage at several conservative Christian conferences, including the Family Research Council's. Uh, values voter summit she was part of president excuse me trump's uh, evangelical advisory council during his campaign bachman who served minnesota's 6th congressional district from 2007 to 2015 uh, became the first republican woman to be elected to the u.s house from minnesota Uh, she was also one of the final six republican candidates in the 2012 presidential election uh, she was uh, investigated by congressional committees over allegations of campaign finance violations by her presidential campaign and did not seek re-election in 2014. Blah, 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 blah. Is it really blah, 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 blah. Um, says Lieutenant Governor, Minnesota Lieutenant Governor Tina Smith will sit in Frankenstein until a special election in November for someone to serve out the final two years of his term. State Senator Karen Housley, a Republican, is already in the race. Former Governor Tim Pawlenty, an outspoken evangelical and a Republican, is seen as another potential contender. Uh, says using the language of many conservative Christians, Bachman said she felt as if she had fulfilled her calling when she left Congress. She said her goal was to put the issue of Obamacare front and center in the presidential race. <coughs> Excuse me, darn it. Uh, the question is, I am being called to do this now. She said, I don't know. Yada, 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 going down the – man, that's a long article they got on that. Uh, but anyway, um, so yeah, so it looks like she may she may run for it. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of hers, uh, you know, but – oh, okay. So I guess he was uh, – this is from uh, Scott in the chat. Uh, I guess talk about Frank, and he was good for Saturday Night Live at the time. I hate Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live, I think, has gone down since Chevy Chase and Eddie Murphy and and that crew. Once that crew left there, I I just think then it became ultra political. I just think Saturday Night Live became crap. it says the Somali. If you want to elaborate on this, says the Somalian people very, I guess, sad 
he is gone. They were his people, all oh, the Somalians. Uh, very sad, not sad. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> very gay. <laughs> He's gay? Um, not that I care, but <clears throat> um, no, I'm just kidding. I, uh, no, just Scott put in the chat something about him being gay, but I don't think – he's not gay, is he? I don't know. Is that Frank gay? No, he's grabbing boobies, so I don't – oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, oh well, really? we're not monitored by the – we're not monitored by the FCC. <laughs> Maybe he's transgender. I don't know. Oh, God, he'd be really one ugly. I'll tell you what. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so that's an so that's an yeah, that's an interesting development uh, about her. Now, I I mean, I think she sh- shouldn't really. I mean, I didn't really like her in the presidential campaign, but of course, you know, I was full one hundred percent Gingrich. <laughs> so you know, once I was once I was over, I you know, I started covering third parties and things of that nature, as you know, uh, you know, Constitution Party, Green Party, things of that nature. Um, but we'll see. Now, of those people who are her running, I think the uh, I think the person's got the best bet, and I don't think it would be her. Um, you know, let's see. I think of the the people who are in it uh, right now. Let me go. Yeah, I don't th- I don't think she'd be the best one that they go to, to, to try to win that seat per, per se. Um, I think maybe. Uh, State Senator you know, Houseling, I think she's got because one, I mean, she's not going to have as much for them to come after. Uh, she's not going to have as much for, for the for the you know the left to come after her uh, as Bachman will. I just, I just don't think they will. Um, so I, I think she might be a better a better shot of actually you know, gaining that seat. Um, but I don't know. I mean, Minnesota doesn't really lean too too right does it i mean it's it's pretty it's a it's a pretty liberal state um through what i've seen um i mean because you mentioned uh you know the, the oh shoot i just forgot his name help me out there susan um the elected governor yeah ventura i mean ventura ventura was no conservative <laughs> i mean he was like uh i guess he ran he ran as an independent didn't he Yes, he he definitely isn't liked by either party because he beat the Republican and the Democrat guy was Hubert Humphrey's son that ran and he for governor and for the Democrats and they and he uh, he beat him too and he said neither one. Uh, well, when he said when he became the governor, they took him downstairs to this room. It was almost a secret room. And a whole bunch of people encircled him and questioned him uh, what his motives were and why he had done this and how did he win. And he said he couldn't believe it. He'd never seen such a – to him it was a very a, a very secret thing where they were – what do you call it? They, they gather around a circle around you and question you. So he doesn't like either party. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. Be that, uh, be that as it may, though. But I mean, I'm talking about just like leanings. He, he's not a very uh, right-leaning guy, though, is he? He, he wasn't very. He wasn't. He wasn't even like a libertarian. I mean, he was. Um, no, he, he kind no. of leaned to the left, didn't he? But I liked him because he had the guts 
to stand up, and I've got some of his books, and uh, he's the one that uh, showed how a lot of these conspiracies and things worked, and he laid it right out there on his show, and I believe him. I listened to it and went back over him, and I I don't think he was at all wrong on a lot of that stuff. So, uh, and that's why they hated him, too. He went places where he probably shouldn't have been hated. That's true. Didn't didn't appreciate it. Um, And I'm trying to think. One of his books was written, American Conspiracies, and and another one, the title was, Do I Stand Alone? I've had to ask that, too. I mean, when you think different, you've got to wonder, are you standing alone, or is anybody supporting you and standing with you? And I think there was times he really felt alone. Oh, I'm sure he was. But, I mean, as I, as I said, I mean, he's still pretty – well, that's because the parties, you know, parties stick together. Uh, as said, I mean, third I mean, third parties are hated, you know. I mean, they really are. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I, 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 mean, I would love to go to a, mul- uh, a multi-party system, frankly. Um, I, you know, I'd rather go – I'd rather go to a multi-party system. Well, yeah, and speaking of, and speaking of multi-party systems, Ireland, this is kind of – uh, an interesting uh, thing I, d- I discovered uh, today is that um, now what we do is we look at um, I, I look at different stats and, and things of that nature, and um, you know that they go and find geographically, and you might find this uh, interesting. And I, I know this is once it loads up, <clears throat> you know, totally off topic, but you know since I was bringing, you know. You know, because I'm a favor of multi-party systems like like Ireland has, and I really would like to, uh, you know, do something like that. And they also they have preferential voting, if you're familiar with what that is. Um, whereas you get, you know, you pick, uh, you know, you you pick in order, you know, who you'd vote for. Like for instance, for me, and in, let's say in 2012, I always said, okay, well, you know, my first pick would be Virgil Goode, my second pick would be Jill Stein, and my third pick would be Romney, you know, or something like that. And then, I mean, it's really, you know, you know, mathematically calculated, you know, because a, a, a person who gets the the number one vote gets a certain amount of points. The person who gets uh, the the number two vote gets a certain amount of points, and they kind of add them up, add it all up. And one of these days, I am going to get an expert from Ireland to describe this. And uh, they add it up, and it's it's a point system, and then. What they do after that is, you know, then they slowly eliminate, you know, people by how many points they've get, and then, you know, and that's how they decide who who the winners are. But you might find this interesting, uh, folks, is that, you know, since the show is heard over the internet, okay, we don't we don't just have listeners here, uh, in the United States. You might find this fascinating. I know I did. And some of the one of these places, I'm kind of interested on why or how they listen to the show. Uh, But I'm just going off the audience uh, geography here on Blog Talk Radio, and it states that 95.54% of our audience is from the United States. 1.78% of our audience is from the United Kingdom. This is the one I don't even know how or even why. 1.78% 
but 4.18 of our audience, I guess I don't know how often they do this because I do see that it changes. So they may do this maybe <clears throat> once a week or once a month or something like that. Um, maybe, but 4.18% is from Maui, and that's in Africa. Why people from Africa are listening to the show, I don't know. But why? Uh, <laughs> but how they're listening? Because when you think of Africa, I guess you don't think of much about internet. Um, you know, but but it says 4.1% of my listeners or our listeners are from uh, Mali, in Africa, and it has these these two are are, are fascinating. 0.44% are from the Russian Federation. So I find it interesting that there's people in Russia listening to the show. And then another point, a 4.4, 0.44%, they're not even quite a half percent of our audience, uh, are listening from China. So I guess one of the benefits of having a, a, uh, an Internet show is you're not literally just you know, heard in, in the nation. You're, this, this show's heard across the world. So I find it interesting. Now, if you recall, Susan, have you ever heard of the times where we had a guy from uh, London call in a couple of times? Did you ever get a yeah. – did you ever, did you ever hear one, any of those shows? Yeah, I was. Yeah. I yeah, I always thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that was. Now, one of the oh, things – You will jump up and down for joy. You mentioned Mitt, Mitt Romney, didn't you, just a little bit ago. Yeah, Mitt Romney's uh, going to be running for Hatch's position. Oh, oh, you did hear it. Okay. I just wanted to make Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my favorite. Spread that news to Africa, you know. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. This, yep. Scott says, my wife's show is on Blog Talk Radio. Her gender base is 99% men, uh, and men 35 to 60. Well, that's because they want to listen to her voice, uh, Scott. Now, <laughs> well, let's see, just for for uh, for giggles here. I know we're getting a far off topic for the first show of the year, but sometimes you just got to have fun. And let's see, demographics. Mine, uh, gosh, it says most of my listeners are between twenty five and thirty five, which I know that's not the case. But mine is. Um, uh, mine is 75% male and 25% female uh, is, is what mine, mine says. And mine says uh, 100% of my people are between 25 and 34, so that one uh, are age 25 to 34. Um, so that, I, wanna, I wonder how, off, you know, how they get that. Now, I know how they can, I know how they can find the one by the, the geography. I mean, they can go by IP addresses on people who get into the show to to get geography. How they do gender and, and age, I have no idea. I might have to ask them about that. Now, they also have where they can show, you know, how many are from uh, – log in from Foxfire, iTunes, Android, uh, Edge, you know, Apple Core, Chrome. You know, they, 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 they've got those. Um, so I do uh, – but I don't know how they can do how they figure gender and in sex and, and age. I mean, um, I don't know how they can figure that one out. But you know, be that in May, it's just some kind of fun facts or at least some fun information about the, the show. My favorite one is Mali in Africa. I mean, I, I I can understand why people even in China and 
Russia because we do talk about you know them, but I don't think I've ever mentioned Mali <laughs> in Africa. It's on the west. It's on the west side of Africa. So says so 4.18 percent of my listeners, at least in the time frame we were looking at, um, is from is from Mali. Uh, I'll give you an update. Maybe maybe I'll do that. Maybe that'll be be a weekly part of the show. Um, let's see. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, it's the past thirty days. They're all thirty days. So it is. Uh, it's interesting. So anyway, so that that's 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 interesting to see. Um, so it's every 30 days, what they do is they re-look to see, you know, what the per- – because there was a point – I know they do change it because it was a point where uh, ha- it was a half a percent from Russia, which I thought was interesting. Um, so it be that amazing. Maybe that will be a fun little a fun little update uh, that I'll get to people. Okay. It says – it's a very good. Well, uh, let's see. I'm in the upper bracket. I don't know what that means, Scott. It may help your percent in that bracket. You have a good mix. Uh, you have Swahili in my voice. Did he say I have Swahili in my? Okay, that's why from Mali. I guess the uh, the language is Swahili. You know what? I mean, maybe because they know I'm a Star Trek fan and they uh, know that. Uh, Uhura, she spoke Swahili, and so and maybe that's why uh, they 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 listen. I don't know. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there, Scott. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> maybe that maybe that's what it is because it's a, a big Star Trek fan. Uh, and somehow they uh, they figure that out. So. Um, all righty. Well, we do see that at the top of the hour, and I haven't uh, uh, gone to our friends here at the uh, Patriot Journalist Network. So let's go. And for those on Twitter, definitely check uh, them out. Uh, they do, you know, done a lot of good things. But let's go ahead and uh, hear from our friends at the Patriot Journalist Network. You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team, grassroots, conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at patriotjournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle. And definitely, folks, check out the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. And so, oh, there it is. So anyway, that's uh, just stated. That's just uh, some fun facts there, uh, you know, about the show. And I might do that, you know, maybe once a month or something, since that's when they update it uh, on that. Cause that's that's kind of fun. Now, one of the things I'd like to do is get more. Uh, some more Irish listeners being Irish myself. Uh, so I'd like to get more from Ireland. <laughs> so maybe I'll try to make some conscious efforts to, to get that. Actually, I did uh, back in 2000, uh, I guess 16, maybe even some last year, um, where, you know, I, I try to get some people actually from Ireland, but they're actually six hours 
uh, away from us. Uh, they're ahead of us. So if this uh, show goes from 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. to 1 a.m., uh, by the time we start, it's already like they're 3 o'clock in the morning or something like that. Um, let's see, or 4 o'clock, actually. <laughs> it's their 4 o'clock in the morning. So unless they're up uh, really late, uh, it'll be hard-pressing to do that. So maybe I'll have to do a uh, a pre-recorded show with uh, with someone, especially on the voting system. I mean, I do think that's the best representative is to have the uh, preferential voting uh, instead of the type of voting we have. And plus, I, I am a real big fan of multi, you know multiple parties because then you don't have you know, you know the back and forth all the time between you know the Republicans and the Democrats. So, uh, so. But speaking of that, I'm I'm still trying to get uh, working on. And now that the holidays are over, I hope it's going to be be able to get back in in gear. Uh, try to get a a debate uh, live here on the show where I'll be the moderator. We could take some. Uh, calls from you know, the audience, you know, some questions from the audience as well uh, for some gubernatorial candidates uh, here in the state of Ohio. Uh, uh, you know, it's shortly before the holidays, so I was in contact with a couple of the campaigns. Um, I reached out to a couple prior to the holidays. I'm thinking that may have uh, kept them from maybe not kept them, maybe they're just focusing on the holidays. I don't know. Uh, but now that the holidays are over, which, you know, of course, we enjoy and we relax, but it's also kind of frustrating. It feels like it's kind of hard to get any business done during the holidays uh, because really no one wants to do business. I guess they just want to focus on uh, relaxing perhaps and and just uh, enjoying those, which that's never kind of been in my, my, uh, my wheelhouse uh, to do that. Um, and uh, Scott says uh, old, he's an old world Northern European Native American myself. Yeah, I'm kind of the same thing here. I'm saying thing here. I've got a, a lot of uh, Native American in me myself. Uh, potato around. Hey, hey, hey! Drag a potato around. Catch Irishman. Hey, hey! Don't. I, and you know what's funny is I do love potatoes. They are my favorite, uh, especially al gratin potatoes if they're made right. But anyway, we are sorely getting. Uh, sorely getting off topic this evening, uh, you know, for the first show of the year. Uh, that's hopefully not going to be a, uh, a bellwether uh, for that. I, I think some people are still in, uh, you know, in, in, in holiday mode uh, for that. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes, you know, as the, the year goes on. Um, so one of the things I'm, you know, considering uh, – you know, myself is I don't know how this will affect the show, uh, if it does at all. It may or may not, uh, depending on how things, uh, you know, pair up with the show. Uh, I'm actually thinking about going back uh, to school starting this year, uh, getting by uh, either getting my Juris Doctorate degree, or I'm actually been looking at getting a degree in lobbying, if you can believe that. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, yes, uh, your friendly host is considering, in the hopefully not too distant future, uh, to be a lobbyist. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? Um, and so we'll 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 see. I mean, I still got some more research on those things to do. Uh, it just depends. Uh, you know, it's a new year. People think about you know new ventures, new things to do. Uh, you know, but it just depends on depends on a few things. 
uh, you know, on, on where I'm at, stuff like that. Um, you know, you know, on that. So, oh, well, thanks, Scott. I appreciate it uh, uh, for that. And Scott, I don't know if you've ever called in, and you may or may, you know, um, but you're welcome to give us a call at the three four seven nine four five. Seven four two eight, and I do see some folks on the line. If you'd like to get in, just push the one on your number dial. Uh, for those new listening to the show, uh, as you can hear by our conversation with Susan, is we don't just keep you on for five minutes. Uh, we also we actually keep you on for the remainder of the show as long as you like to stay on uh, the show, and you can be part of our uh, discussion. You know, on the different topics that we have. Uh, most shows go uh, about three hours. Sometimes we have uh, we have uh, shorter shows, just depending on you know how they go, things of that nature. And there's there's sometimes where we actually could have you know fit thir- you know a fourth hour in, which unfortunately that's not something uh, that we you know were able to do. Which which actually I did have like a double feature back when we were covering the elections. We had you know we had so many folks in the line, so much to talk about. Uh, what I actually did is created. I've done another show and did two back-to-back shows one time, or I may have even done that a couple of times. Uh, but that was back in, I believe, 2012. And I, I even think that uh, the passions were even hotter, I think, uh, for politics back in 2012, even than they were uh, with the campaign with Trump winning. I mean, it was kind of a weird – 2012 was kind of a weird uh, election. I mean, no one was really happy with any of the candidates. You know, people weren't really all passionate about one in particular. Um, some um, were, uh, you know, with Trump. I mean, with the movement, and that's why he, I, I, he won. Uh, but we'll, um, you know, but, be, but beyond that, I mean, I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of support for Trump, but there just still didn't seem to be the the energy out there as there was in 2012. I don't know. Um, maybe because there were so many people who really, really wanted to beat uh, Obama. Uh, I, I don't know. But we got, uh, let's see, 909, we're going to go ahead and get you in. Uh, and we'll. I'm not going to do any green room uh, call screening, so kind of taking a risk by doing that. Uh, but let's go ahead and get you in. Thank you very much uh, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing very well. How are you guys doing? I just put my um, juggling saws down. Here what? You're yeah, what I'm Scott Game. I'm Scott. I was putting oh, okay, my juggling um, chainsaws down. Your chainsaws down. All the oh, okay. All so I, I heard you what? like me to call in, so I thought, what the heck? Yeah, why not? Sure. Uh, it's, it's welcome to. It's good to hear from you on the show. So a couple things. Well, um, oh, you're welcome. So, so one of one of the topics we have tonight because it's it's the first year of the show and. Uh, not year, but uh, episode for for this year of the show. But one of the things you know I'm I'm interested in is what are the, what are some of the topics that you know you want to see uh, either covered or at least make headlines uh, this year uh, in the news. What would you like to see? Well, one of them would be like to see um, Hillary go to jail. One of them. Oh uh, man, how did I forget thing. that? <laughs> yeah, that? That's like the number one. That'd be great just to get any of them. Incarcerated would be, you know, would you help out a lot with that? And um, well, yeah, sir. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, please. 
Well, yeah, I was, well, yeah, certainly, and I think that would keep with one of you know Trump's promises. I mean, really, I mean that's one of. I mean, I mean, I don't know how many of you, uh, you know, because I went to a number of the rallies, and one of the big things of the rallies was lock her up, lock her up, lock her up, right? And Trump's yeah. seemed the he reneged on that, really. I mean, there's even a time yeah, where he's he, like, oh, well, you know, blah, 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 you know. Well, may, maybe he's getting all his ducks in order. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, there's so much maybe there. Maybe he brings it back. Well, yeah, but there is so much there that it, it just – we don't want to screw it up and uh, just want to make sure we get, get do it done right. I mean, there's so many lies out there that – coercion. Corruption going on out there that, you know, got we got to put everything in order and we can nail her down. Yep, cross the T's and dot the I's with it. That that'd be great. That that'd be wonderful. And then um, my governor would 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 would, um, just resign. Hopefully, what we say, hopefully, hopefully my governor would just resign and give it up. That's here in California. (laughs) He's your governor. Jerry, oh, Jerry Brown, I hate to say it. Yeah, we're, we're the ones, we're the ones starting all that turmoil here in the United States. But I'm not. Well, for you know, they it. just leave the union. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. We don't want to leave the union. You need us. You need California because the United States don't have ports. Oh yeah, good point. Well, yeah, and it's the largest uh, economy in the world. Yeah. Well, who knows anymore? We might be down at the bottom with um, Swally. Swally. Miss Mally, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I yeah, mean, uh, oh, gosh, yeah, I would love to see her. Yeah, I'd love to see her finally get hers. Um, if the Democrats will ever fully leave her, which I don't think, if them, the, the, the media. But, yeah, I mean, because the show that, you know, hey, it is a one-tier justice system. And not one, you know, different for them than it is for us. But yeah, that would be that would be a great uh, headline, and all, you know, and of course the State of the Union uh, is going to be coming up. Uh, I guess uh, on the twentieth is when, when they do, when he does it. So the State of the Union, and, and so that's be interesting. Of course, we'll uh, we'll do our commentary and analysis, you know, the State of the Union, and depending on how long it is, I may just have the entire State of the Union, you know. Record it and play it here on the show, um, and then we can make our commentary, you know, an analysis of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, one of the things I would love to see is, myself is that for him to, uh, you know, much like you know JFK did, saying, "Hey, look, you know, by X amount of time, we want to be on the moon." And I would really love to hear him say something, you know, as, as being part of a state of a state of the union. Uh, mentioning that, you know, I mean, I, I was listening for it last year, listening for it last year, uh, and he didn't really quite mention. I mean, he did mention, you know, technology, you know, space, things of that nature, but he never really did the commitment that you know JFK did. And, and I'm hoping really to to be able to hear that, you know, this, this year. That'd be that'd be my hope at least. <laughs> I mean, it's I, I think it's time, uh, you know, to do that. Even though we're not in any space, well. Kind of in a space race, but, but but not like it was back, uh, you know, back in the sixties. Yeah, um, it'd be great too if he would um, stop that whole um, chemtrail program down. 
Can't talk about that. Yeah. Now you talk about you know when you're looking up in the the sky and things of that yep. nature, and you're seeing the jets with the the, the things coming out of them. Yep. I mean, here they're they're just they're just constantly blanking our skies out here. I mean, we we don't even have dew on the grass anymore. No moisture. You don't they're, have. They're, and then they say we have a drought problem. Gee, I wonder why they block the sun so much. Now, hmm. what kind of grass did you say you don't have anymore? Well, no, we have grass, but what we don't have is the dew that comes off the grass. In the oh, morning. Okay. Yeah, and that's kind of important. It helps us. That's what helps make clouds. But here they blank our sky so much they blot out the sun, and we get this haze. Yeah, you do you have you a lot of uh, not a lot of haze, or, and is it smog or is it you're saying the the chemtrails no. or whatever from that? It's it's, it's all, I've been here long enough to know that's not the smog. I used to, when I was back in the early 80s, I have mountains here, and I could see the mountains. Back then, I couldn't because of the smog. Smog was brown, and it's just, you could tell. And then now, it's um, it's a haze that's over our skies. You can see it through the sun. The sun is like a, it, it, something's like blocking it from coming in. And then when it, the, the stuff finally like dissipates, then we get these weird colors in the skies. It's not right. Hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm not very. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm not real up or, or knowledgeable. Uh, I mean, I've heard of chemtrails. I've got an idea uh, of what they are. Um, I don't know what would be in them or what the purpose of them, uh, you know, would be. I, I. I don't know much about them. Okay, well, it's it's something you might want to check out. It's very important because it has to do with the electric magnet. Um, Electric magnetic uh, field. What was that called? In our ionosphere. Hmm. It's just it's just something you might want to look into. I mean, really, it's important because it's it's not just happening here; it's all over our world that they're doing it, and it's all climate control. So, so that's the real climate change. That's the, that's made up geo climate change. That's. Geoengineering, I, 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 it's something to look into. But I mean, it's kind of important stuff. I mean, we like to see that exposed more. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of folks, you know, kind of dub that as you know more conspiratorial or conspiracy, you know, conspiracy theories, things of that nature. Um, said, I mean, I don't know much about it. I mean, I do see where. You know, you have the jets in the sky, and they're kind of crisscrossing. Uh, now, you know, we, you, you'll see those X's in the sky and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, is that, yes. is that similar? Is that similar to that? or You're nailing it right there. Yes, they're crossing each other's paths, and what they did is they laid that trail out, and the trail slowly, slowly dissipates in the sky. And with each one that passes, it hooks up with each other and just becomes one big, like, shield, like a – Haze that just comes over. It's not clouds. It's a haze. It's just it's a film. You know, it's like a film in the sky, and then it slowly just comes down and lands. You know, just dissipates onto the ground, and it's all uh, uh, aluminum, barium, and and toxic things. 
Yeah, I was just going to actually ask you what uh, you know what what's in the um, what's what's in those. Well, now, it's is, is there a specific... bar- aluminum barium? Aluminum barium. And they're getting better at it. Yeah, exactly. And they're getting better at it. They supposedly make it to where they're um, it's cheaper to make and they put up in the skies. And um, other countries, like in um, Australia and New Zealand, they're they're actually protesting it. In London, these are things that we're not being told, obviously, by the mainstream media. Media, excuse me. Or any, yeah, it sounds like any media at that. I mean, you even don't. I mean, to say, I mean, I I I watch both, you know, mainstream and then not so much mainstream, and I really don't hear a ton. I hear, to said, I've heard a little bit about it, but but not a but not a lot. They, they no, kind of, what, I mean, what's the purpose of that? You said something like geo climate changing, or yeah. well, it's with the climate change, and also it's supposed to with the um, electric magnetic, the EM, what is it, EMG, AMP, EMPs, mm-hmm. okay, EMPs, that it's supposed to help keep that program running to where they want to stop everything, they can do it. It won't. And yeah, and they can control the weather with it also. Yeah, that's one major huge thing right there. Because they're able to block out the sun. And um, if you like, I could post some on on the chat room, some areas if you want to ch- check it out. Because it's really, it, it's some people need to understand. Well, right now, and right now, what? Well, one of one of the things you could do, uh, Scott, is is because right now because. I can't get uh, the only chat I can look at uh, is, is on my laptop, and that, that and that one will get the links to me too well. Well, one of the things you can do okay. is to go to the uh, the Bard's Logic Little Talk uh, contact po- portal. Uh, okay. Just go to www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, and then there's a contact portal uh, where you can use the, that and send me a message with that information, and that'll get sent to me oh, to, to the uh, to the email. Okay, yeah, I would love to do that. I mean, I'll just throw some things. I mean, you take it where you want, but it's no conspiracy theory whatsoever. And again, like, the reason that they say it's conspiracy theory is obviously you have the, the media that just will not talk about it. They're, well, because they won't, they're not allowed to. There's been a, there's a professor that came on Fox not too long ago, and he spilled the beans about HARP with all those tornadoes that were happening. He actually oh, okay. said that, that he actually said that you know that is, the government are making those happen. And again, I'm sorry to say, it's no conspiracy theory either. I mean, our government is, is up to some serious, serious modifications of our our weather, and they're working them pretty good. You know, the houses here in um, California that were burning down, the, the, the cities in the northern California. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see any pictures of those or how those houses were just wasted? I mean, the house is gone. It's just all ash. Yeah. And, yeah. Certain house- and how can, how could it be that only like a house every, every, excuse me, how one house is stood up, but the rest are gone. A level gone, just, you know, totally just like Hiroshima. And uh, now is that from the fires I, or, or, or that's from the fires? But how were the fires started though? Do you believe anything with the magnetic rays? 
microwave weight rays? No, that, I've never even heard of anything like that. Oh, okay. I've heard yeah. and I have heard of the chemtrail, I believe. Yeah, both exist. I do. No, I've heard of well, electromagnetic well, pulses. Well, well, okay, that that's fine. That's it's another way of saying well, it. She's in Idaho. I'm in Ohio. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. I got you. That makes sense. I could see that. I've been to Missouri a couple of times myself. But um, yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. I was I was actually just through Missouri on my way to Nebraska this year. Um, just stopped in to go see the Arch in Kansas City because <laughs> that's uh, it's pretty that's, neat, uh, isn't it? Yeah, I thought that, that it was all this, I like an idiot because all this time I thought it was made of stone, but it's made of metal. <laughs> Did did you go inside it? No, unfortunately, we were just stopping through, and we by the time uh, we got there, um, the, the tickets to go inside were all closed. And I wanted to because there was a a TV program uh, that I used to watch that featured uh, the arch as they used it for a radio station, a radio tower. It was called um, uh, what was the name of the show? Uh, Defiance. It was uh, on the Sci Fi Channel. Um, Oh. It was a it was a post yeah, it was a post a apocalyptic uh T V show. It only had like two, maybe three seasons of that. Um I only I actually only recall two seasons. Uh and it's not on uh anymore. But hey, I I've got my own theories on why that didn't uh, that, that that show didn't last. But um yeah, that's a bummer. But anyway, so that, yeah, that, but, it, yeah. but it it featured that so I was I wanted to go inside it to see if it looked Anything in you know like it did in the show, but I didn't get that opportunity. Oh, bummer! Yeah, I've been in it. It's pretty neat. So what? The restaurants down the street from that place, at least the restaurant we went yes. to, it sucked. Oh, it was awful. Oh, and the Cobble Street Road <laughs> was awful to drive on. It was terrible. <laughs> well, at least they haven't got Agenda Twenty One yet. Oh, well, we've had uh, we've had people on the show about Agenda Twenty One. Uh, we had uh, now this gosh, this was years ago. Uh, we've been, I can't. I mean, this will be the sixth year of the show. I can't believe it because um, <clears throat> we've been doing the show since uh, 2012, and um, I think about January 2012. So it's been almost six years. But um, yeah, we had Rosa Corey on. I guess maybe somewhere around 2013, 2014. She. I don't know if she still does, but at that time she traveled around the the country talking about the Agenda Twenty One. Yeah, she is. But yeah, that, oh, that's, she's that's uh, Rosie Corey still doing it. Yes, of course. Yes, she is. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Why yeah. are you locking I mean, my computer? Yeah, we we may have to get uh, get her back on. We have it's been a it has been a while to look back in our archives uh, to see when's the last time we've had her on. Uh, I know uh, you could see a list of all the different guests we've had on the show. Uh, again, on the on the website on the um, the featured guests uh, or you know on the featured guests page, um, you could you could yeah, see a list of that. I am going to do that. And she's on there, and some other folks. And I'm hoping this year uh, to expand uh, that list 
I tell you what, but uh, we, we've had a couple people on that, man, now that they're in the higher in office, they're harder to get a hold of. <laughs> I mean, it is. Uh, like Matt Bevin, uh, who was running against Mitch McConnell and then ended up running for governor for Kentucky. Well, now the guy's governor. I, can't, I just can't seem to get him on the show. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I am going to try to get uh, you know, some, some more folks on this year. It's, well, part of my uh, New Year's resolution, I do see some other folks on the line. Just push the one on your number dial when you're ready to get in. Uh, and I do see that we've got about 35 minutes of the live portion of the show. So um, if you're in the call, uh, don't uh, let the call drop, or unfortunately we would not be able to uh, let you in into our extended period uh, as far into that as we go. Um, and so, But if you're out there and you want to listen to the extended period, because if you don't call in, the audio will be lost. Uh, and you won't be able to, to uh, call into the show and uh, give us a call at 347-945-7428. And if you'd like to get in, just uh, push the one on your number dial, and I'll get you into the show. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, perhaps we can, you know, we get some folks on. We can uh, – oh, here it is, Harp. Uh, thank you, Susan. Uh, she just sent me a link uh, in the chat – not chat, in, uh, well, Facebook chat. Harp uh, says weather control is the Harp project a weather control weapon, and this is at www.wanttoknow.info uh, backslash war and then backslash I guess Harp H A A R P. Let's see here. I'll go ahead and electromagnetic warfare weapons. We'll go ahead and, and post this on the uh, blog, uh, the Bard's Lodge Club talk. Uh, page there on Facebook uh, where you can get a link there. Um, let me get that on here real quick. And for those who aren't as, you know, maybe this will be one of the, uh, maybe this will be one of the topics that will find its way uh, into the, into the meeting. Now, come on. My computer is like so screwed tonight. I think it's NSA Bob. Um I'm messing with my computer. Get out of there. Get out of there, Bob. Get out of my computer. I'm tired of being. I'm sorry? I say it could be BTR playing with your computer. <laughs> what, they could play they play with your guys' computer? At times we wonder. I mean why she when she starts her shows at times is she has a um devil of time getting the chat open. Yeah, I was having some chat troubles uh this evening as you well know. Um uh, but you know, do you, do you use your Skype? No, I don't use I, I don't use I don't use Skype. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, with that feature with yeah, the just, BTR, it it's it has its moments too. Oh yeah, yeah, I've experienced some of those. But believe me, sometimes we just we've had it where the show just like shut down <laughs> out of nowhere. <clears throat> Uh, it says Harp uh, is, is the H A A R P. Uh, isn't that uh, is that connected with that uh, retirement? I'm I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, for a second there, I was like, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not the A A R P. Just uh, with an H. <laughs> yeah, the Bible isn't talks just a, whether what what does the Bible? Uh, it's going to get worse. You know, the storms and different things. Well, it didn't say in the Bible. Jesus never said whether that was 
due to certain or to, to man. It's definitely, I think, not all, but a lot of it's due to man. They see the rain clouds. They do things. Man can mess around with a lot of stuff that we don't even get or understand. They want to destroy the world, especially the New World Order. They'll use any means at their disposal with all the money they have. Oh, yeah. It's uh, population control. Exactly. Oh, that's, that, that's certainly, yeah, there's certainly that. And actually, here's uh, here's something for population control here in the United States. And it's not quite population control, but it is uh, something I wanted to bring up tonight. It's another article here. You can find the Bard's Logic Newsroom, uh, a link to it. Let me get to it. And you can find this. Uh, I wouldn't want to use the word uh, fascinating, but, but frightening, I guess. Um, once I can get this thing loaded up, um, it says anchor baby population in the U.S. And of course, now I can't scroll. Come on, computer. It says anchor baby population in U.S. exceeds one year of American births. That's the headline. It says the number of United States born children who were given birthright citizenship despite at least one of their parents being an illegal immigrant living in the country now outnumbers one year of all American births. The new Congressional Budget Office report reveals the booming number of U.S.-born children to illegal aliens who are given automatic citizenship forever anchoring their families in the U.S. I say deport the parents and let people adopt the kids. But anyway, it says these children are commonly known as anchor babies as as they are able to eventually bring an unlimited number of foreign relatives to the U.S. to the process known as chain migration. Every two new immigrants to the United States bring an estimated seven foreign relatives with them. Um, let's see. There is at least 4.5 million anchor babies in the United States under the age of 18 years old, according to the CBO. This estimate does not include the potentially millions of anchor babies who are older than 18 years old, nor does it include the anchor babies who are living overseas with their deported foreign parents. It says the 4.5 million anchor babies estimate exceed the 4 million uh, American children born every year. In the next decade, the CBO estimates there will be at least another 600,000 anchor babies born in the United States, which would put the anchor baby population on track to exceed annual American births, should the U.S. birth rate not uh, increase by more than 1 million anchor babies. I mean, ain't that, and then the, the, the article goes on, you can read that, but isn't that incredible? So that now we have more illegal immigrant babies coming in this country than we do that we are replenishing our own population. That is scary. Very, I mean, we are scary. literally we are literally losing our country. You know, one because we're not having enough kids, you know, of our own, and I think that's why. Uh, and I guess immigration will be another big topic, and maybe it should be. Uh, still, I wish we would finally get the damn thing resolved, um, and I'm hoping with Trump in office we can 
you know, and us being awake and working on this, we can get that. Um, because what, that, and that's why you, the politicians on both sides of the aisle aren't willing to do anything because Amer- American, the indigenous Americans, we're not having kids. No, we're not helping out the cause. That's for sure. There. You know, we're we're not we're not we're not having our own kids. So in order to keep our our population uh, stable, we got to bring in all these uh, illegals. I mean, that, that's that's the, the multiculturalism is the destruction of any a nation or empire. Look what happened to the Roman Empire. You know, there's a lot of analogies you can equate uh, with the Roman Empire the way the United States is now. Now, I mean, I mean, look at Europe. I mean, look what ha- look what's happening to Europe. Oh, I hear you. That that's scary right there. Where it's just getting to be very um, Muslim. That population so, is just creeping through and breeding their kids in there, and and it's just growing. It's just growing out of control. But here we just don't practice American values anymore because pretty much that pretty much saying that we're not really America anymore. Fortunately. Marriage, right, or marriage somehow our, our values are bad, right? And uh, I, I think John was, and of course we're going to keep folks in the line of some, some distortion there with your your line there, Scott. But let's go ahead and oh, uh, bring in John. Uh, thank you very much, John, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm doing fine, Robert. Hey, um, I just wanted to touch base. You know, whenever we talk about the immigration thing, and we hear these people, like you just said, somebody, I guess the media or somebody saying we're not actually continuing to have babies at a decent rate to populate the world. we got more people in America than we've ever had in the history of America, and we've got 94 million people on some form of social welfare. So it ain't a matter of not having enough kids. We don't have the willpower for some reason to make sure that the people who are legal United States citizens get off the public dole and have a life worth living and a job that will support a living that they can stay here in America. So we have, in my opinion, a bunch of corporate entities that like this wage fight between people. So they say, hey, just flood the labor pool with all these um, immigrants, and then we'll be able to keep wages down because we'll blame it on the market and we'll deny all of these um, lower-level, you know, less-than-elite people in our country from self-governing. So, therefore, those of us in power that governing will make sure that they don't get their will put into law. So, therefore, we can continue to use immigration as a tool to get cheap labor because my multinational corporation loves cheap labor, because that means my gross profits go up. That means more change in my pocket, and then I can continue to control the masses, because whenever they're just barely getting by and they feel that they don't have any power, then they're willing to give up their liberty and independence and pursuit of happiness in order to have security of at least the crumbs I allow them to have. So it's not, in my humble opinion, about whether we're continuing to have enough babies it's the fact that we don't have a group of people who are willing to work the constitutional representative republic we have a dictatorship of fascist elitists that want to manipulate the rest of us and make us think that we have problems with the labor pool and we don't do you do do i make sense or maybe i'm just not that great a communicator 
Well, well, we are. I mean, we we are not uh, the indigenous population in the United States is not. Uh, we're, we're not uh, we're not having children at our replacement rate, which means we're losing our indigenous population quicker than we than we're replenishing it. And so, what's happening is that in order to you know keep a population going, we have to allow all these uh, illegals and these anchor babies and this chain migration coming in. Uh, to keep the population from, you know, d- declining from people not having as many, you know, kids. And so that's why you have both your R's and your D's really not doing anything but paying lip service to our immigration problem we have here. And that's probably why you see the same thing in, uh, in Europe, because you don't have your indigenous population, you know, being self-sustaining and, and having enough kids at the, at the replacement rate. It, but how can how can we validate that perspective that we've been told? Whenever we have 326 million people in America today, which is higher population than we've ever had in the history of its existence, the indigenous people that I believe you're referring to would particularly mean all of those that have basically grown up here, birth, you know, generation after generation. Well. If the particular people in control over our governing dictate that we need more people to come into America in order to take care of the labor pool because there's so many jobs that's not being filled by Americans, if we believe that nonsense, then why is it that we have 94 million or thereabouts on unemployment or some kind of social welfare getting food stamps and handouts from our public treasury? They should not be on the public dole. Those people need a life worth living, and they need a job that supports a life worth living, so they get off the public dole, and then we don't have any poverty, or at least, you know, I don't even know the right word. I want to say reasonable or or decent, but I don't even think that's proper. Because right now, we have these U6 and U3 unemployment rates that they always talk about and the labor participation rate still like 62 percent or whatnot and they always say oh well there's people dropping off of the um rolls so therefore they're not counted any longer well gee whiz the legal united states citizen or american cannot force companies to interview them they cannot force companies to hire them but we still have 90 some odd million on unemployment or some kind of social welfare program and that is proof itself that we have the people here to take care of the population needs, and we've never been higher than what we're at in the population now. It's always been lower. So somebody's selling somebody a bit of bill of goods for some reason, and every time I hear this, I'm like going, where is that coming from, and how do we prove it or validate it? And nothing I've ever heard can prove that point or validate it. Otherwise, we'd have less population than we've ever had in the history of America and we'd have little to nobody on social welfare okay. and unemployment. But but you're 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 familiar with the con you're you're familiar with the, the mathematics of replacement population, correct? You don't have to replace the replacement you rate? You're familiar you're familiar with the mathematics of that? I may, may not be what because I don't know what you're actually thinking about, but I know this much when we have, you know, three hundred million people now we have 326 million, but the point is that we we have to take care of those that's already here, 
and the people that are we're already here at 300 million have now been you know increased to 326 million so w- w- however we're replacing them we're, we don't have a simulation well, the, well, that's my point instead about. of instead what and that's that, that's my point John is instead of us replacing the people with our own indigenous population that's why we're allowing the the anchor babies that's why we're allowing the chain migration is because the indigenous population here we are we're we're not replacing the people with our own people okay when those when those other people die off so when somebody you know when an older when an older us citizen dies okay if, basically i'll put it in this way this a simplistic uh, this way two you have two american citizens die but only one's born so you've only replaced by you only replaced the the loss by fifty percent. Okay, um, these aren't the numbers, but this is the for the to the, share the concept. So, or actually, let's say you know to keep the, the population stable. Okay, you have three people die, and so you but you only have one child, one indigenous child born to replace those three people. Well, now you're down two people. So if your your population doesn't go down. What do you have to do? You have to replace these people with immigrants because the indigenous population isn't replacing those three people. They're only replacing one person to every three that are lost. So in order to keep the population stable, you have to bring in two people who are not citizens in order to to, to keep that population stable to replace three people with three people. But how can that be true, Robert? And now we have 326 million people in America. And that's not counting all but, the well, but, but, and well, because they're because of the influx of immigrants are higher, are higher than with the influx of people are higher than what the replace would be higher than what the replacement rate is, that thus increasing the amount of people that are in the country. What's the significance? If I'm understanding what you're saying, that you're not talking indigenous like the native, uh, you know, American Indian indigenous people. You're talking. No, I'm about, talking about the people. I'm talking about the people who are who are born here and born born here citizens, where their parents, you know, are here from the United States. I'm talking like I'm talking for myself and our you know, my generation, your generation. Oh, think about it. Just think like, how, how many, how you know. Let's just use this example. How how many people? My, I'll use my example. I'm one of seven children. My dad, my dad is one of eighteen children. It's unheard of today for someone to have eighteen children. Okay, and so if that happens today, you're on a television program. You know, you're on, you're on a reality TV program if you have that many kids now. You know, that that doesn't happen. You don't you don't hear about people having those you know those large families anymore. You you know you're hearing people having two kids, one kid, you know things of that nature. Okay, that that's where that happens. Is that you know you have two you know two adults you know or three adults pass away, and then if people are only having one or two kids, they're not replacing those. And so in order to, to keep a stable population or at least have a, a, a uh, a certain type, a certain amount of growth of population. You have to replace that with uh, non-indigenous people. Okay, but I'm like, what? How does that tie into, you know, 
making us a more stable country. The problem is, is we don't have assimilation. It doesn't matter if I'm giving, uh, you know, I'm creating more babies or you're creating more babies. If we're not getting assimilation, because that's really, you know, everybody, the Native Indian, you know, Native American indigenous Indian was here. And then all of the England and other parts of the world basically moved in here. And they all had to learn how to create this America. And then everybody supposedly assimilated to that over time. And for whatever reason, maybe we never did get a good enough training system in our educational system to make sure that we were all continuing, you know, from one generation to the next generation to continue a, a, a correct assimilation. Because it really it's doesn't matter. Quick, Scott, I've got you back in the call. You're making enough babies. It's a matter of whether we really are a, a unified people under the the rule. Well, of here's 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 my Here's my point, John. I think it plays into what you're saying. Okay, my point is is the indigenous people, when, when, when we're born, you know, basically I'm born of my parents. I'm the, I have the same culture, pretty much the same work ethic. You know, you know, I, I speak the language, you know, because I've grown, I'm, I grow up with the language. Okay, and then when you're replacing it with people who don't know the language, who don't know the culture, you know, who don't, as you're putting, and I agree, they don't assimilate. Then what you're doing is you're you know, you're diluting, you're diluting your uh, your nationhood basically by doing that, and that's what's happening here in the United States. That's what happened in Europe. You know, uh, that that's what's you know what, what's happening in Europe now. Is you know you're right. They're not assimilating now. If these people now, if these people were assimilating, John, it wouldn't be as much of a problem. If these people were able to work and not come into the country and be on the government dole, you know, then they would be, you know, then that wouldn't be as much of an issue. But because that's not happening, you know, that's what that's why we we have a problem. They're not as, they're not coming to the country. They're you know and assimilating, you know. So you're more, they're not you know they're not learning the language. So you're I mean, how many how many times have we seen kids who are speaking their native language? Huh? I said you were more making a point about a cultural perspective as opposed to an economic or governing perspective. Or it's both. It's yeah. it, it's both. It's yeah. both. It's, it's economic and and culture. The uh, and culture. Because if they're right. if they're coming in and they have to get on the they have to get on the welfare system because they can't speak the language or they can't you know work or they're not as educated in order to be able to ma- maintain. You know, a, a living whereas they don't have to get government assistance, and yeah, that's economic too. Or it's working backwards from that. I mean, see, I guess I, I have my own. Um, I have to be careful because when I hear that, when I'm listening to the lamestream media, most of the time the lamestream media uses that argument. They're arguing for the. That's why we need all these more immigrants to come in and take care of these jobs that the Americans won't do because we're not producing enough Americans to replace the ones you know that we need to fill the jobs. And so I always tend to think of it from an economic standpoint and a political standpoint as opposed to a cultural standpoint. But even from a cultural standpoint, the 
on what you were saying, another aspect or angle perspective on it is the fact that when a lot of these foreign tongue people come into America and they don't assimilate to learn English and they create Chinatown or, or Mexicanville or Asianville or whatnot, now the um, Americans that would compete for certain jobs in banks or different organizations, they have to be bilingual or multilingual. Otherwise, if you're just a, a legal United States citizen for many generations, what we would have termed from this conversation indigenous Americans, then because you're just an English speaker and you don't speak other languages, then you don't get the job. So therefore now it affects you economically as well as culturally. No, I agree. We're on the same page there, John. I think it's ridiculous that we have to assimilate to accommodate them, that they don't have to assimilate to us. We shouldn't have to change, and we shouldn't have to – they're the ones who need to learn the new skills to be a part of the country, not us have to learn them to accommodate so that we can speak with them. You know, I mean, they well, came in our they come in our country a lot of times illegal. Why, you know, I don't. But yet we cater them. I mean, we have people who come into the country where they get ten years that they get they're able to build a business. And they get ten years tax free to build a business here, whether it's a gas station or convenience store or whatever. You know, and then but they're getting benefits that American citizens are that are not. And it's our it's our co- Congress, the senators and congressmen that are being manipulated by the corporate entities. You know the co- corporate global. Oh, we're not in uh, disagreement there. Well, I'm just saying, saying but, we are manipulating that in order to make sure that these people are able to continue to do it because. Otherwise, we wouldn't have all of the Americans on some or the many that we have, the 90-some-odd million that we have. Those people wouldn't be on the dole. They would have an actual living wage job or a means to support themselves, and we wouldn't be having them contributing to the debt. And then we wouldn't have these other welfare programs, including not only those welfare programs, but also the corporate welfare programs that are running up the debt, too. And, I mean, it all ties in, and I just was thinking you were referring to the economical standpoint more, and you were really referring more exclusively to the cultural, even though they all tie in together, if I understand. Well, I, and as I said, I think it's both. You know, I think that, you know, culturally and, uh, you know, economically, and my point is, is that because we aren't have, you know, but think about it. It's expensive to have kids. You know, people. You know, people are having less kids because it's so expensive to have one. You know, <laughs> so you know, and they won't be able to have a, a lot of the nicer things that we've been accustomed to having uh, with having multiple children. Now, you got the folks who are coming from different countries. I mean, heck, they'll. Yeah, you know, I've seen it where they'll stuff fifteen people in one apartment. I mean, because even that, the standard of living is better than where they came from. Um, you know, so they'll come here and they're they're willing to not have as much money or, or live off. You know, uh, a government check, uh, but, but they're still living better. Even if they're living off a government check, they're living better than they were when in their in their country that they came from. I mean, shoot, I mean, a poor person here going to some other countries, you know, especially these Latin American, you know, countries. I mean, a poor person here has so much more than a poor person in those countries, you know. And and so coming here and, and being what we would consider maybe poor would be. You know, a, a king to them, really, 
And so they're willing to be able to, to do that. But we're used to having a certain lifestyle that they don't really, you know, are used to having or maybe even care to have, you know, because anything, almost anything's better than the uh, where, where they've come from. But the problem is, is there's too many people saying, oh, well, we, you know, we should have our, our borders open and, and, and let them have it. <laughs> you know, oh, they should have the same opportunity. That's just because they weren't born in America doesn't mean that we shouldn't extend the, the same opportunity to them. You know, that's because our country did things in our history that, yes, we now get the benefit. We get to read the benefits of what our ancestors did. So maybe, you know, it, maybe they're just in a point in time in their uh, nation's history that they got to do what maybe our great grandparents had to do to, to, to bring their economic uh, standing higher. Yeah, there, there's a, a a whole lot of different perspectives that tie in, I'm sure. I, I just didn't know what specific direction you were going with it. And uh, any time this comes up, I'm always thinking what I hear on the lamestream media. Oh, they're talking, you know, because they always want to talk about well, it's justified for all these immigrants to come into America because there's a lot of Americans that won't take the jobs. And I'm like going, I don't know where any place like that. Now, I'm myopic. Now, don't yeah, get I don't me wrong. Yeah, I don't subscribe to that either. Out there, you guys, if you're listening to this back later as a podcast, just realize that I have my own little bubble I live in because I'm not all-knowing and I don't see everything. But I do, you know, like a lot of you listening – pay attention to a lot of the politics and what's going on in our country as well as around the world. And I'm like going, how can we have a need for more immigrants if we've got 90 some million people on social welfare of some kind, whether it be unemployment or, or food stamps or whatever kind of social welfare program, we, that tells you right there, we don't need more people. So we don't need to replace anybody. We need to learn how to live within our means to support the people who are here. And if the native indigenous feel that they can't justify having another baby for whatever reason they're doing what they can, you know, to make sure that they can support the ones they already have and therefore we're not growing. Well, that doesn't mean that we should automatically say, well, hey, we have 300 million people in America, so, you know, we're not keeping up with the number of babies in our family, so we're going to have to let more immigrants in here. Well, that well and, that's means- what I'm, and that's what I stated from the beginning, John, is that's their mind. That's, I'm not saying that's my mindset. That's theirs. That's there, and you pointed that out, their justification for having this happen. I'm not saying I agree with their justification. I was actually stating that is what their justification for doing this. And it's kind of our, you know, our fault too because we're not having more kids. We're just not having the kids that we, you know, because it, it, it interferes with our, you know, with, with our standard living. But Robert, just to, from a critical thinking standpoint, and to alleviate my ignorance on this issue, why do we need to have more kids? Who said, who made that rule that we have to have more kids? I don't understand why that's an issue that we have to have more kids. Well, as we I said, if we're not we have, or we wouldn't have ninety some odd because, well, because if we, because if we well, because if that, well, John, let me explain that to you. Because if we don't, because uh, if we continue to degrade and we continue to have our population dwindle, eventually, might not be in my lifetime, might not be in yours, might not even be in our kids or grandkids. If that keeps happen, happening. We're gone. We you know, you can only, you know, you you disappear. You stop. You know, if you know, 
you you know you stop existing as a people. You know, I mean, if you if you don't replace it and you keep on, and you keep on having less and less and less, then you're going to disappear. No, but Especially let me ask you, what's that mean by degrade and dwindle? Okay. Does degrade and dwindle mean when you say it that way? When you lessen in numbers, you know, because the indigenous population is is going down, and if you don't have and let, let let's say. Well, okay, let's put it this way, and then Susan, I know you want to chime in. Uh, let's say that we, you know, we just stop immigration cold. No more immigrants. No one else comes into the country. No one. Okay. Yeah. And then, if each year you start having less and less people, and your population starts to, it, it starts to, you know, decrease over time, you're going to decrease to nothing. You know that's my that's my point. If you're not replacing the people that die, then eventually it could take you know a hundred years, but eventually you cease to exist as a people. But why would you think that that we're going down? Whenever the population has never done anything but go because up. the population Joe John, the population is increasing because of the influx of in, of immigrants. That's why the that's why the population is increasing because they're putting in more of an inflow. That that's that that's why. Susan, go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and get you in. Um, point blank, I'll tell you that Michael Savage said he says the Europeans, the white people, they're the ones not having kids, and they're gonna they're not replacing anything. Pretty soon, their races will be nothing really. And so, uh, you know, like the Muslims are having more and more and more children. So I guess that would would be an explanation for uh, John that uh, Muslims are are definitely in there and getting all the freebies and doing this and that. They're having five, six, seven, eight kids at a time. White people are having nothing or one at the most. So there you go. Yeah, eventually they'll just you know, eventually they'll just you know die out as a race because they didn't re, they didn't replace themselves at at the at the rate that you know let's say as you pointed out the the Muslims or the the, the Latins or anything, anything of that nature into into the country. And so basically you yeah, yeah. you know you 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 de, you decline in your numbers and then you know you you don't you you just don't have uh, you, you you're not there anymore. Well, a lot of Indian tribes died out for different reasons in the earlier days of this country. Some was due to the white man, but a lot of it was due to diseases and various things. So there are different things that can wipe out entire races. Hello. Yeah, I mean, yeah, walk through, yeah, walk through, yeah, walk through the streets of the United States and tell me how many real Native Americans you see anymore. I mean, real. American Indian Native American. I mean, bump into one. You could go to. You could probably, you know, you could probably go to New York City and spend a whole day walking through New York City and probably never bump into one. You know, <laughs> or you could do what I did and go to Nebraska, go to Nebraska and not and not meet one. You know, they they, they stop. The the, the, the the race is about gone. Yakima Valley has. You know, I'm friends with several on Facebook. I went to school with them. So I I know they're out there. Hello. Right. Well, yeah, they're out there, but the thing is, is it's 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 a dwindling race. And I tell you what, you give it you give it a hundred you give it a hundred years, and 
and the Native American, you know, or the Indian, they're, 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 I think they're going to be gone. Give it 100 years. Someone keeps saying hello. Okay, who keeps saying hello? Is that is that, uh, is that you, Scott? Um, oh, okay. Not Scott. Scott's <laughs> wife. <laughs> Go ahead, Scott's wife. Actually, I have very little voice because I've been ill <laughs> over the holidays. But what we're forgetting here, if you don't mind me saying, um, is the reason you was everything that you guys are saying, except for you left out one part, that the refugees that we've been bringing here by the tens of thousands and the immigrants, or illegal immigrants, the number of illegal immigrants, they are not citizens of the United States. And so that's why we're losing our population as far as what you were describing, as far as the births, one to three, or, you know, two to ten or whatever, um, because as far as just as far as Americans, not even so much Native Americans, you can say Native Americans, but people who have sworn their oath to the country, their allegiance to our country, just because we bring in the refugees and um Immigrants are the ones who have immigrated and have officially become U.S. citizens. But um, when we have, a, you know, a flux, an influx of refugees by the tens of thousands, that does not mean they have become citizens. That just means they're here. And then when we have chain migration, then those people that come in from families of families of families of families um, do not necessarily become citizens as well. And so we're being overrun in that sense as far as U.S. citizens go. In my opinion, well, no, that's that's definitely a good point, and you know, it makes you wonder if uh, if, if it's being done by design or if it's just being done by happenstance uh, to do that. I mean, and, and as John points out, it may be to, to keep people uh, to keep wages low for you know for some people, and uh, you know, which which may be you know the case. Uh, you know, and and, and I, don't, I agree with you, John. I don't agree. I don't think that there's. I don't agree on the premise that all oh, they're just here to take jobs that you know other Americans won't do. I mean, if you're desperate enough, you'll do any job. I mean, right. <laughs> seriously. Um, I mean, if you right want to put food on the table, feed your family. <laughs> yeah, right before so Obama he set up the influx of refugees. I mean, he was like signing off, and you know, had sped up okaying all these refugees coming in from Somalia and everywhere else. And, and he did that for a reason. I, you know, I don't know. I, in my opinion, I, I don't think he loved this country. And I think he wanted to basically help it be dissolved. And that was his reason for bringing these refugees in and putting us in the positions that he did in the Middle East and with um, ISIS and all these other terrorist groups. I mean, basically he was tearing it apart. Our country, and so this influx of refugees that he, you know, had sped up as far as okay and coming through, and he put Trump in a bad position with Australia because Obama had okayed a certain amount of refugees, and when he took office, Trump, that is, he's like, whoa, 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 wait, and Australia is like, no, you promised. We have it here on paper. It's already done. I don't care who did it, whether it was you or not, you promised, so – you know, here we are with a bunch of refugees, and I'm not saying that, you know, they didn't need to be here, but I think that uh, if we... I'll say that for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think if we... I'll say it for you. They don't need to be here. Take them back. 
<laughs> yeah, send them back. Um, do, you know, help what we can anyway. Just don't give them the farm, but help what we can to so that they can go home. But, um, yeah, because a lot of them don't even want to be here. And I don't blame them. Well, we need to help the legal Americans that are on welfare and social services now to get off the public dole. Our debt is going up and up every year, and part of it is because of all of the welfare, you know, unemployment, social welfare systems, food stamps and stuff. That costs money. And those people, you know, don't have a life, in my opinion, those people need to have a life worth living in order to not be going around thieving and stealing and stuff. And then you got, on top of that, you have the illegal immigrants coming into America, whether it be MS-13 or whoever, and they do day labor. And then the next thing you know, a week or so later, they're not all of them. So don't make me sound like I'm trying to paint them all with the same brush. I'm just saying that the legal United States American citizen should have the first fusel on the jobs and whether there should be more competition for the jobs that are here in America and stop allowing the multinational corporations to manipulate our congressmen and senators to keep flooding the labor pool and making this uh, uh, issue with the people that would not vote to do that. They're de- being denied the right to self-govern. And they're being represented like a pimp represents a prostitute, and therefore the Congress is actually not exercising constitutional representative republic. They're they're actually exercising and operating like a criminal crime syndicate, and you know being dictators. And that's not what we have in America, or supposed to have, but that's what's being operated. And these people need a life worth living, and so therefore, you know, we got to stop the nonsense by giving them a right to have their will reciprocally and mutually included in all the rules, laws, processes, and procedures of self-governing. Otherwise, we don't have a rule of law. We don't have justice. You're asking for anarchy, and that's right, a problem. And people psychologically don't get that for some reason, and they just keep seeing more stuff happening and trying to blame it on something else. And I'm like, it's not, well, then again, it's just my personal view. No, John, you're right, and you're absolutely right, and the whole assimilation thing is a big deal and also, you know, has to do with what our founders had intended for our country, and at one point, they considered multiculturalism, and then they decided against it, saying it will not work. If we have a multicultural country, there's going to be dissension, there's going to be revolutions occurring here all over the place because it's got to be one. You can't have all these other little, you know, multicultural cultural, cultures living in one country because everybody comes from someplace else and they're accustomed to what they lived like someplace else and want to bring it here. And like you just said, mm-hmm. John, the rule of law as far as we've got to have one rule of law. We can't have this for these people and this for these people and all this other. You know, with schools now, they're considering putting prayer rooms in the schools for Muslim children because of their 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 prayer that they have to do in the middle of the afternoon with little cubbies for their carpets and everything or rugs. And um, excuse me, I thought it was really a big tax dollars paid the for whole it. allegiance in God, you know, whole thing. So I don't know what's going on there. Suzette. Yes. Don't, Suzette, don't you believe that the we all have to realize the difference between the rule of law and the rule of man? 
Because right yeah. now we just have the rule of man deceitfully masquerading as the rule of law under the color of law, deceiving everybody psychologically to make them think we're living under the rule of law. I hear it in yeah. Congress every time I'm listening on C-SPAN. These people say, we got to have people respect the rule of law. And I'm going, dude, you guys don't even respect the rule of law. So how can you sit there in the office and say, oh, we need people to, in America, the citizens, to respect the rule of law? I'm like, if you respected the rule of law, you wouldn't encumber and burden the citizens with rules and laws and processes and procedures that they did not consent to. And then you send out the police officers to enforce your will of, you know, rule of man. And then you wonder why the Americans are mad at you because they're being forced to, um, you know, consent to stuff that they did never consent to or be obligated to. Yeah, no, you're right. And I agree with that exactly, completely. I mean, you can't have two sets of rules, like you said, there, man's law and then the, the, what you what they say our country is governed by rule of law. No, because they're, they're not playing the same game. We're, we're, we're obligated, like you said, to comply, and then they're not. And then other people, as far as are coming into the country, and they're not obligated. I mean, here in California, oh, my gosh, it's just so crazy. I wish it would fall off into the ocean, and I wish I could move right now, but we can't. And so we're left to hang and, and just keep fighting. But, but um, Do you think that – do you believe people are struggling with understanding the difference between the rule of law and the rule of man? Oh, yeah. Are you, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there are, are um, people in Sacramento – that are they are all about the rule of man, and that's why our country or our state is just going down the tubes like it is, because that's all California is right now is the rule of man. You mean America? Well, America too, but specific. I'm just speaking right now of California, um, because they're wanting to secede from the rest of the United States and do their own thing, and and our government here in in. Sacramento for California, our governor and, and le- state legislature um, are governing the rule of, of um, they say the rule of law, but it's actually the, the rule of man because of, they're not wanting to follow the rules of the United States. Well, just by, you know, with them, you know, designating themselves as a, as a sanctuary, or, uh, sanctuary state, not a city. Uh, sanctuary yeah. state. Um, they're certainly thinking, oh well, you know, we're, we're just going to do our own thing and flip the proverbial bird, <laughs> uh, you know, at the rest of them. But here's the thing, you know, I truly think this, and, and I, I think it's it's already bearing out. Is I think it's going to be their own demise. I mean, it's it really is. I mean, um, I mean, why? In my opinion, why do you think Trump won Michigan? And when, and I'll still say he's the only candidate. Of all the ones on that on those stages that could have taken Michigan, uh, but why do you think he took Michigan? I mean, they've been run by Democrats for you know for how long? Um, Who are you asking? Yeah. You know that that you know in, in California, gonna, I think it's going to be pretty much the same thing. I think you know eventually they're just going to topple in on their own weight, you know, implode on their own weight. Uh, and then, of course, they're going to do uh, you know, what people always do with with the United States and expect us to bail them out. Yep, exactly. I mean, we're so far in I mean, debt right now. I mean, look at Puerto now. Rico. Yeah, <laughs> yep, 
We're so far in debt, I mean, and I then want... they cry. They, Governor Brown cries about why the federal government won't give us more money. Why won't they give us more money? He, you know, they they put us. He's put us in debt. Our state legislature making up stupid laws, and then we're being overrun. I mean, I don't know how much you watch YouTube, but if you bring up Los Angeles or anywhere in California, what the streets look like here right now, you would be shocked. I mean, I'm talking streets, rows of streets, blocks with tents where people live in and the carts, the vendors that these people will sell their food or whatever products that they have. You can't even barely drive down the street. It's crazy. It's like living in Mexico or, or Central America. Yes, yes. Well, part, in my opinion, is the way our system is being operated like a metocracy, you know, survival of the fittest. So, therefore, the exploitation from a business entrepreneur standpoint is for me to go and buy up a situation, a business, an entity, whatever it is, and then milk it for as much gain as I possibly can and then leave the trash for the next guy I sell it to. And, see, we've, we've gotten away from the uh, standpoint of the social contract with America that talked about the fiduciary obligation for the more knowledgeable to make the less knowledgeable equal to them in their negotiations so there's not any unfair trade advantage. And that's where we came out with the antitrust and, you know, type um, programs where we wouldn't have these insider trading deals. And we've gotten away from that moral, ethical, civil way of doing business. So now it's just a meritocracy and I'm going to go out and, I'm going to buy this car, and I'm going to run it into the ground and get everything out of it that I can get. And as soon as it starts costing me money, I'm just going to sell it to the next guy. But I'm going to say, as is, and just uh, even though I know that the motor's on its last leg and the darn drive shaft's going out and the wheel bearings and the dang um, – and whatever I know is going out, I'm not going to fully disclose all that information. So this person's buying a lemon, and I'm just saying it is. <laughs> so I'm taking advantage of people's ignorance is what it is, and that's what a lot of these companies do. So therefore you have these municipalities, these communities that don't get infrastructure taken care of and stuff because – when you go in to build in a development, you buy up some land. A lot of the laws say that you have to build the streets and all the underwater, you know, drainage systems or sewer systems, and you have to make sure that that's in on the development's upstart. Well, once the development is developed and you start selling off those houses, it becomes the property owner's responsibility. But a lot of us, we the citizens, we buy these properties, but then we don't really think about it from that standpoint. So if everything starts falling apart, we'll throw a, you know, a number of um, paint jobs on it, maybe replace a few boards here and there. But as soon as we see it start getting so bad that it's not worthy for us to do, especially in businesses, excuse me if I'm changing my train of thought, but you know this, we look at the value of a business, and then we say, oh, we're going to inflate the value of the company in order to make it look big and like it draws in a whole lot of money. So the next guy that buys it, he has to really drum up a whole lot of market share in order to pay that back. Well, when he doesn't pay it back, he goes belly up or he leaves his investors in the hole or whatnot. That shows a certain kind of psychology into humanity and our culture. And when more people start picking up on that same kind of psychology and they just feel, oh, well, it's every man for himself, survival of the fittest, you know, meritocracy, 
then they start doing the same thing. Permeates, uh, perpetuates this descent to the black hole where we can't sustain ourselves. Like Ben Franklin says, it's a republic if you can keep it. But who was it? The other founding freedom fighter said something to the effect that our country is only built for a virtuous religious people or something like that. Otherwise, you know, it wouldn't work. I don't remember who that was that said that. But those are and, strong issues that are creating why our our municipalities and our buildings and houses are looking dilapidated and tore down because we, we don't care. We just want to milk the gain out of it ourselves and leave it for somebody else to fix up. That's why a lot of these companies get away with their toxic, whether it be Northrop Gumlin, you know, whatever their name was leaving their buildings behind and all the toxic stuff that rains in there and then it gets in the water table and now the taxpayer has to clean it up because the company done left the building and gone. It's crazy. And people are being fooled because when you buy your house, you have a warranty of deed. You do not own that land, even though you're told you do, but only a name, if that makes sense, because you need to file. Well, yeah, if you don't pay the taxes, on. they'll take it from you. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. You pay If you get a patent for the land, then that land is yours as far as your home. And what happened with these people, I forget what state it was. You may recall stories where companies were fracking and fire flames were coming out of people's kitchen sink faucets and um, things like that. Yeah, I heard about that. They were were fracking on their land. Well, the homeowners um, may own the house that they have and the property below the house, and that's it. Unless they filed a patent on the land, which they obviously didn't because the developers can, uh, is why is what happened there. They filed a patent for the land, so it allowed them to go ahead and do the fracking in their yards, basically underneath the ground. And, you know, we're um, interfering with, with, um, with the house and the plumbing and everything else. And so the house, the homeowner is responsible for their home and their, their little piece of land that it sits on. Um, and mm-hmm. so that's why there was nothing that could be done for those people as far as the developer that made that ha- those things happen to them um, because they're, you know, they had the right to that land to do with what they wanted with because they had the patent and the homeowner just had a warranty, um, warranty deed. Um, there's a website that explains that it happened in 1997 and real estate agents and mortgage companies and everything don't tell people this. And it's very important. And it's a little bit of a process to do it, to file the patent so that you can own your land around your house, above your house, um, and, well, you know, property around it. Yeah. Um, very interesting. I just come across it not too long ago. I was, I'd heard about it, and then I thought, what's going on here? But they're actually, the government cannot do anything. There are cases um, that had gone to court where the court said no because they if the homeowner has the patent on the land you're um you're you know asked out basically <laughs> um host versus far and texas um mccoy versus laurie i mean there's all these cases on it i'll post the link in the chat room um so you can look about it and see what's going oh, then, on yeah, well, the, 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 well the, the chat's closed unfortunately uh, do you oh, have, okay, are, are we friends logic. on facebook are you, you see me on facebook um, I had my husband. Yeah, I had just friended you on there, so I'll go and post okay, it there. Yeah, I'll definitely look at look for that. Yeah, it's very important. A lot of people don't know about it, and I and I'm learning more, delving into it because yeah, I do not want the you know the government, any government, to come in and take what I've worked for, so what we worked for. But um, yeah, 
So anyway, back to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for him. Yeah, if he wants to frame me on Facebook, I've not received the um, – I don't think I received the, the notification yet. So if he wants to, to, to send that. Um, and <clears throat> excuse me, I do see uh, there's about 40 minutes left in the show, maybe a little less. I uh, do see uh, a few other callers there on the line you would like to get in. Just push the one on uh, your number dial. Uh, Susan had to go for the evening. She wanted to – uh, say goodnight uh, to everyone, and we'll see her uh, next week uh, on the show. And uh, Kelly, uh, one of our, our, our friends, he's uh, spending some time with his uh, son this evening, and so you can never take that away from uh, anyone. Uh, I know there's been a number of times where, unfortunately, I wasn't able to do a show like uh, right before Christmas. Uh, there was uh, a couple shows I couldn't do because uh, my daughter had exams before her Christmas break. Now I'm I'm more of a fan of having uh, exams uh, after uh, Christmas break. <clears throat> Excuse me, because it gives you more time to uh, to study. Whereas I guess they think, oh, let's get over the way, so we don't have to worry about doing any kind of studying or work on your Christmas break. Which I don't know. I guess I'm more of a fan of giving you more time uh, to study. But yeah, I mean, I I missed out doing some shows, you know, helping my daughter prepare for the exams. So we'll see how those go when we get the. Uh, Oh, the grade's back. But anyway. Oh, well, good luck to you. Uh, I'm sure she'll be fine. <laughs> um, I, well, I hope so. Know. I hope so. She's taking mm-hmm. uh, an AP English and an AP Chemistry and Geometry uh, all in one oh, year. So. <laughs> wow. So it's wow. like, oh, my, yeah. So it's like, oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> I messaged you on the Facebook and Robert, actually under Robert Douglas, and so I – you can look for that under friend, and then I'll get you in there after I log him out. But um, in the Facebook message, there's a bunch of posts that he po- we posted. Okay, great. Then I'll um, you have to find this because I still don't. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know what's going on with. Uh, I'm not even seeing anything as a, as a Facebook message. Um, that is weird. Yeah, I got it as a notification. But not as a message. Um, that's okay. I can find uh, find things that way. I don't know. My computer's been acting really silly tonight. Um, I don't know what it is. Uh, okay. Well, there we go. I've got. Uh, there we go. Nope. Uh, maybe it's. Uh, oh, it might be coming from a message on the page instead of my. Uh, instead of. On my personal page, when it's come to the Bard's Logic page, maybe that's where it's it's coming through. I don't know. <laughs> I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it figured out. Um, oh no, we've no got him. Is uh, no, we are. Yeah, we're definitely uh, friends here. Uh, and there it is. There's the sign that's actually that I've seen on Facebook, where it says, "Welcome to California, official sanctuary state. Felons, illegals, and MS-13 welcome. Democrats need the votes." That's the thing I was. Uh, uh, referring to uh, earlier. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. We we were posting that around too. That's pretty good. Oh my gosh! Did did he really post that? Um, anybody need a, an ass kicking with those uh, sh- those? Uh, I won't even say the shape of that shoe. Twenty hours ago, it's, he's got a picture of he's wearing. You, something on his feet says, 
anybody need an ass kicking and it's the shape of well i'm not going to say what the the boot is the shape of <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> that's on yeah that's on robert so you see that no i i just logged him out <laughs> i thought i could log in <laughs> oh okay oh. Well, that's all right you'll 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 you'll, you'll see it later or, or ask oh, him about it what about those yeah. uh interesting shaped shoes that you're saying needs to kick somebody in the ass oh okay Hmm. <laughs> I'll look it up here yeah. after I log out. Okay. Hmm. I'm gonna. I've just logged in, so I'm, I've already been subscribed and liked your page a while back. So I just sent oh, you a Facebook message. Oh, I appreciate message. it. So, yeah, uh, oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, thank you very much. Now, now, through my understanding, you've got a show as well. Is that correct, Suzette? I do, and um, on Facebook, I actually listed you on there um, as recommended shows to listen to. I have a promo on Facebook, well, you. YouTube. And I listed your – oh, absolutely, absolutely. I'd like to promote the shows that I listen to that I believe are worthy of um, of my listeners or people that I know uh, for, you know, share information with. And so absolutely. Anyway, it's Suzette Live Talk. It's Saturday nights at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And um, we do some political talk. We do some constitutional quizzes. It's just an adventure. <laughs> you never know what's up. You just got to tune in. <laughs> And how long? How long is the show? I mean, is it a one-hour program, three-hour program? Generally, it's about a ninety-minute program. Okay. I like to. I don't like to keep it too too long, um, because it's uh, eight o'clock and across the west, uh, the east coast. There, um, it's you know pretty late, so I try and oh, work with it a little bit. It's <laughs> it's it, it's twelve it's twelve thirty a.m. on the eastern. Eastern time right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I I tried to do the show earlier, um, and actually back in when I first started the show, it, it went from I actually did a sh- the show from eight eight, 8 uh, p.m. to eleven p.m. Uh, and then uh, my daughter started needing more help with homework, so I changed it to uh, nine o'clock. Well, then her homework started getting even more intense as this time went on. Because I said we've been doing the show about six years, so and she's a sophomore now. So from the sixth grade until uh, the tenth grade, um, or maybe I guess fourth grade, then to you know just it just kept getting more. So then I I upped it to 10 p.m. Uh, to be even later, and uh, and I tried to go back to do nine o'clock. It just this with work schedules and just everything else. Uh, I, I still maintain 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Uh, Eastern time on on Wednesdays, uh, but luckily my schedule just changed at work, so now I don't have to go in uh, until the afternoon every Thursday uh, for my day job. Uh, but I still do got to get up, get up early uh, to get my daughter off uh, to school. But then at least I could come back and try to grab a few more hours of sleep uh, before going into work. So it's, it's not a bad gig. It's on a Thursday, knowing that you know work late Thursday night, and then the next day's Friday. Then it got the weekend, so for the most part, so yeah. not a bad gig. Not bad. Yes, and, 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 and not too bad for that. Uh, it used to be it was tough when I had when I had to work. You know, you know the next day I'd get to bed about two o'clock, and then I'd have to be at work at nine, so I'd get up about seven thirty. So. I'd get about five hours sleep and then go and <laughs> uh, go into work. It made it a little rougher, but there's there's coffee, right? 
Uh, yeah, really, so that, really. Yeah, we're kind of laid up ourselves, but we got him in about seven hours, but about 11, 12, and he's got to be to work at 7, and, well, luckily I don't have to be to work until later, about 2 o'clock usually, so I'm okay. <laughs> we do all right. <laughs> yeah, there you go, and then you do the, your, your your show at uh, 8 p.m. on Saturday evenings, and that's, but that's, uh, that's 8 p.m. on the West Coast, right? Pacific time. Yeah. Uh huh. So that'd be eleven. Yeah. That'd be eleven o'clock my time, Eastern. Ah, so yeah, that is late. You work on the weekends too. Uh, I do. I work uh, every uh, just once one Saturday a month. Oh. Okay. For so four hours. I so that's then on Saturdays then at eleven. Just kidding. <laughs> well, no. I mean, yeah. I was, uh, you know, I like to uh, be able to, to to chime in, and the, and the, the name of the show again is. The She's at Live Talk. She's at Live Talk. Okay. Well, I should. Yeah, well, knowing your name, that should be. Uh, uh, should be. Uh, you know, memorable. I should be, be able to remember. So it'd be eleven. <laughs> so eleven o'clock on a Saturday, which generally yeah. I am up. <laughs> so yeah, I usually <laughs> stay up pretty late. Uh, I usually stay up pretty late on on Saturdays anyway. So now oh, okay. uh, you do that every I Saturday, or. Yes. Yeah. And I take call in my chat room is open. And yeah, I would love for you to come join me and and call in. And yes, absolutely. Um, My last show that I had um, was with laryngitis, and (laughs) but it was uh, it was okay. You've had that for Um, a little while now, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Since uh, just before Christmas, I just can't seem to get my voice back. I don't know. But uh, we had mind control. Um, I try not to do conspiracy theories, and so this one was with my homework. There are 40 patents that the United States owns on mind control. And so I did a show really? prior to my Christmas one, yeah, about that. So. Well, what about anyway. that? So now you have me intrigued, uh, since we are talking <laughs> about chubbing headlines and topics uh, of 2018. So t- tell us more, because I wouldn't mind being able to to be able to control some minds myself. So. Uh, how how can I do that? How can I how can I get that done? Uh, with the different patents that they have on record right now, um, I actually have that page for you, and it there are um, let's see, and the the newest one you'll be surprised to know is as recent as 2011 that this patent was filed for. But there's a, the hypnotic inducer. There's an apparatus for producing visual stimulation, which is subconscious transmission via movie film. Um, there's an apparatus for producing visual and auditory stimulation, which is subconscious transmission via TV. Um, there's one for the nervous system excitation device. Um, the, let's see. Yeah, one, these all sound one, pretty one. exciting. I'm glad we're in Bard's Logic After Dark. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's the hearing systems with RF microwaves. And, yeah, frequency modulated audio signal patterns for inducing sleep. And um, yeah, well, I could use that myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's methods of changing a person's behavior, which is subconscious via video. That one was in 1986. That was uh, filed for patent. Auditory subliminal programming system. Yeah, there's. I mean, it's really crazy. Um, oh, wow, uh, and frequency reduction. Yeah, and it has the names of the person that filed for the patent and the years. So, yeah, it's really interesting. Crazy. Oh wow, it does. Yeah. I, maybe I should learn some of that, and uh, you know, I'm not going to give away my secrets. 
So uh, <laughs> my, my plans to control the world. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know if I want to control the world, just a, a few aspects of it. But, uh, but yeah, see, I want to control Trump's college. mind. Get us to Mars. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> or have your daughter um, get the uh, dean's office and all that to uh, get her into college. <laughs> no oh, there, yeah, there, there you go. Hey. <laughs> yeah, she wants to be a child psychologist is what she's, she, she's saying she wants to do. So. Outstanding. Outstanding. That's perfect because we need, we need yeah, them. She, we really do. Yeah, she wants we to help kids out. And brainwash yeah, kids she should. And, and help them. Oh, there, yeah, there, there you go. Brainwash them into doing, being uh, conservative. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, unbrain, unbrainwash <laughs> the indoctrination. Or just help kids. Oh, there you go. No, be kids. No, where did you send that to me? Um, okay, the teamlaw.net. What's that? Oh, no, the, the link that you sent me. Um, Oh, I put it on Facebook. No, um, for uh, which link that you're talking about? You want the patent link? I'll get you that. If you want that. Yeah, yeah, the one, um, you know, the one about the mind control. I definitely want to read about oh, that. Okay, I'll get, I'll get that to you here. Back into. Now, do you, do you ever have like guests or something come on your show and talk about these types of things or? Um, no, I haven't actually sought out interviews yet. Um, being last year was my first year on air, and now. I'm, I'm kind of a shy person. You wouldn't know it, but <laughs> I'm planning to step outside my box and reach out uh, to some um, credible people here to speak on the subject. So um, that's my New Year's resolution <laughs> for this year. Yeah, shyness has never been one of my – well, yeah, no, I've, I've never – well, I can't say that. When I was, like, a young kid, like in grade school, I was pretty uh-huh. shy, and then in, in high school I was I, – not really all that shy, but I'm not I'm not shy at all now. I can. That's one of the things that people, you know, I'm in sales, so that's probably a good thing. Uh, I can pretty much feel. I feel like I could go up to almost anybody at any time and talk about anything. And so, <laughs> I, I'm not saying I have a lot of gifts, but that's one of them. Uh, is you know, I, it doesn't matter what background, doesn't matter you know, education level. I pretty much. Uh, you know, and I'm not and I'm not shy by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, I, I'm one of those people who go to a party, know absolutely no one, and strike up a conversation with a group of people. <laughs> so that's good. Um, that's good. Okay, there uh, you go. But, uh, well, one of my two skills I think I've got. Hmm? Well, that's an important skill, <laughs> and so that's why I'm going to do my best to step out of my box and and develop that skill. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, it's fun to have because then I mean it's. Uh, you know, it's it's in a, and I'm I do uh, I'm in life insurance sales, and so oh. you know I mean I talk to all different kinds of people all day you know all day long, and mm-hmm. uh, you know you pretty much got to be a different person on almost every phone call. <laughs> you know I mean sure, you got to sure. be genuine, you got to be yourself, but I mean you know there's just certain you know inflections and and personalities and you know just the way you handle because I mean one person, you know, if, if they're very serious minded kind of person, you can, you got to be able to tell that real quick and, and be able to speak to that. Or if there's someone's real outgoing, you know, uh, you gotta be able to speak to that as well. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, and it's, and, well, and it's over the phone, so you don't your, have any body. Hmm? You have to tap into your different personality traits and draw them out. Um, a person that's very, um, I don't know, they're having a lot of problems. So you gotta be more sympathetic to them. And so they are your natural um, 
characteristics, but they're, some of them have to be emphasized with different people. So that's how you become a different person, but you're still the same person in genuine, you know, to being genuine, um, it sounds mm-hmm. like, in your sales. Is that, yeah, I mean, I don't ever right? try to be, like, fake or anything, because I just, I don't know, I just, I don't like that. <laughs> so I've known sure, too many sure. of those. I've known too many of those type of people in my time to to want to go there myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's important, you know, for people to have different sides to their to their person as far as their characteristics. And it sounds like you have a well-rounded, um, you know, characteristics as far as your person goes, and that's how you're able to to adapt to different personalities when you sell. Um, is what I'm grasping from you, anyway, and that's good. That's a, oh, that's definitely that. a skill. Well, we definitely have, you know, run the gamut of the different types of uh, folks we've had on the show, both with guests and panelists. Um, I mean, at one time we had, uh, you know, part of our panels, we had Libertarians, Constitution Party, Green Party. Uh, we've had uh, some of our panelists religious-wise. We've had Christians. We had a guy who was Jewish, uh, myself, uh, uh, a Druid, or what others would call a pagan. And so we have that aspect. So we, we've, we've kind of ran the gamut of all the different people uh, you know who, who who's been on the show. Um, I've had my, my my talks with people trying to convert me and stuff like that. <laughs> but um, well, I know so from listening it's, 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 that, you, that you handle them beautifully, especially when there uh, is a little bit of um, <laughs> you know too much tension going on there. And um, so I, you're good with people, and that's kind of why I like to oh, listen to your show that. as well. Absolutely, because it takes it's it's uh, that's a skill in itself. To diffuse, to be able to diffuse, and still be able to get the people to communicate, and so yeah, no, you deserve accolades for that. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate that too. That's certainly. Um, and, and so on this, go ahead, John. Hello. Yeah, I mean, yeah, go ahead, John. I was going to say, if you decide to go ahead and follow these pursuits in you know, jurisprudence or, or lobbying, you know, that those gifts of you being able to communicate with so many different personalities are very helpful. And that's probably why you do so well with this show too. I I would agree. Well I appreciate that guys certainly. Yeah, I mean I thought about I mean I just was passing on uh some things online, uh and I just, you know, oh I learned to be a lobbyist and there's actually something I uh I don't think there's much lobbying for. Um, at this point is one of the things I'm looking at, and it's 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 rare, and a lot of people doing it is I'm going to be cryogenically frozen, is what I'm going to be, and uh, oh, I don't know how much you, you 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 know about <laughs> the, yeah yeah he has, and uh, you may have heard uh, a little while ago uh, the little girl who was 14 years old uh, in England, and there was a big court case, they even went to the Supreme Court uh, because she was she was dying of cancer. And she wanted to be cryogenically frozen, uh, in the hopes oh. that one day they'll they'll learn they'll, um, yeah, have a uh, you know have get a cure for cancer, uh, and be able to bring her back and, and cure it. Fascinating. Uh, now, did you hear anything on that on that case? No, I did not. But now you've got my curiosity up. I'm going to have to look for it. Definitely. Yeah, what it was is. Uh, her two parents, who I believe were separated, um, had different views on allowing her to do that. Um, and I think oh, it was even something that – and, and it, even the courts themselves had to get involved because they really didn't have a lot of 
standing, I guess, on, on something like that. And so uh, to my understanding, I mean, I, I did a cursory investigation of it. I, I didn't do it as in depth, but you know, I, I, you know, I got a 15, a 15 year old daughter. So uh, talking about a 14 year old passing away cancer was something I uh, consciously stayed away from. Cause I don't even want to think about that kind of stuff you know, with my daughter yeah. being so close in that age. Um, sure. But through my understanding, it got all the way to the Supreme Court, the UK Supreme Court. Um, yeah, she's and they, I'm looking at it right they, now. They wow. allowed her to do it. Yeah. I well, she's no actually uh, finding it. I just typed in 14-year-old cryogenics, and boom, there it was. Wow, I don't know why yeah. I missed that. Yeah, and then and, and actually the place where she's at now, because unfortunately she she has passed, um, and the place that she's at now is uh, in Detroit, Michigan, here in the United States, and that's the facility that I've been researching uh, to do as well, um, because they actually do full body. Uh, they, they freeze the whole body. A lot of places just do uh, the head at this point, but there's only four. There's only four facilities in the whole in the entire world that does it: three in the United oh. States and one in Russia. And there's only four four facilities, and there's only literally a couple hundred people who's done it. Um, it's a very you know new technology, but you know, and so and it, of course it hasn't been even the freezing technology hasn't uh, gotten hasn't been perfected yet, um, and, and that's still something that needs you know more, you know more research into and things of that nature. Uh, but one of the things that on the lobbying aspect of it. Is that right now, of course, in order for them to do the procedure, uh, they have to wait until you've been uh, declared clinically dead uh, because yeah. the procedure itself would kill you, you know, get, have you clinically dead with the procedure of freezing you. So, of course, sure. by law, you, you have to be clinically dead first because what, one of the things they do is they drain all your blood out of you. Um, however, that being said, it, uh, the success rate is actually increased if you were to actually do the procedure prior to the actual death, you know, or clinical, really? clinical death, you know, where your heart, you know, stops and things of that nature. Um, because once that happens, you know, pretty, pretty quickly your, your cells start to implode, and, you know, uh, in your body. I mean, on the cellular level, you know, once the, the, func- the heart function stops, uh, you're, you're, you know, because the, the cells aren't getting oxygen, they are they start to mm-hmm. implode. Now, of course, you don't see it uh, right away because it's happening on the cellular level. Uh, but right. one of the things they're fighting for is um, to allow people to choose. You know, let's say you are dying of cancer. Uh, one of the things they want to be able to allow is saying, "Well, you know, it's it's coming. Go ahead and allow them to start the procedure." But basically, they're at least of the definition of clinical death now is they're death, but they're basically killing you and, and then doing the procedure because they're draining all your blood out. Uh, right now, right, of course, that right. would be illegal. Uh, but they want to be able to make it legal to, for people to make the decision to start that process, you know, when they're alive. Sure, because, because it, of the it decaying can, process. Uh, as you were it, it, yeah, yeah, better. Actually, mm-hmm. the decaying, as a breakdown of cells, as a decaying process begins. Right. Well, after right. That. And, but, so and that, and that would be something that I might, you know, of course, uh, you know, that I would want, I would consider looking the lobby for for that, and as well as, um, 
you know, for myself, of course, but other, you know, other folks who are be interested and also to promote, you know, you know, cryogenics because of course most people are like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Um, you know, but now, because it is, you know, so new and it, there's not a lot of, you know, there's a lot of questions to it right now, but I figured what I got to lose, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. When you say successful though, Robert, what do you mean by successful? Were they able to pull them out of that cryogenics process and bring them back? To life again, or after they, they, the initial procedure, or just the procedure itself was successful. Well, the procedure of freezing, uh, yeah, not bringing them, not bringing them back, uh, and increases okay. doing it while you're alive increases the the freezing proceed the success of the freezing procedure because um, you because right now you uh, as I said the cells start to impl- implode and you're already getting more damage. It's all. I mean, it's already very delicate. I mean, I, I did. I, I have done research on there. I mean, they they seem to be pretty open. What you know on the success of the procedure, and it's really uh-huh. it's rare that I've seen that procedure of of, of preserving the whole body. Um, it, it's rare. I mean, it's still rare that they're even able to do that. Um, they do their best because what they got to do is they got to drain, you know, uh, all the blood, and then what they do is they infuse you in what, into what's called like a human antifreeze is basically what they do. They infuse your body with that. Um, uh-huh. Now, one of the reasons why a lot of places just do the head is your brain is actually uh, less susceptible to the crystallization of the water molecules in your body uh, because what happens is if your mo- so water molecules in your body start to crystallize, of course it causes damage. Uh, your uh-huh. brain is less susceptible to that than, than other organs are. Um, uh-huh. So, but but well, there's also did, you know they do sperm and, and eggs. So I, I and they seem to you know develop into human beings after being uh, thawed out. So I imagine right yeah yeah they're on on the cellular level on the single cellular level it's definitely more successful. But with having full organs and things of that nature, it, it does make it sure. uh, much more complicated. You know for that and a lot of times I mean because they're basically refilling you up your your vessels up there's times where if, if there's any kind of uh like swelling or anything of that nature they have to stop the process because basically it sounds like you could actually explode um or or you're just cause more damage uh mm-hmm. to do that and then they put you in the cryogenic you know container and hopefully yeah. they say anywhere between 50 and 200 years they'll have it figured out but sounds like they're, they've learned how to manipulate the plasma to a certain extent and that's why they're confident in, yeah. uh, in revival. Yeah, because one of the things they got to do is, um, I mean, and one of the things that's prohibitive, it, it is it is expensive. I mean, just the procedure alone is is twenty eight thousand um, dollars. Just the, just the procedure alone. Now, uh, the, what I'm looking at is is is, is actually closer to a little bit over a hundred thousand to have it done. Um, because what, what's even more important than that is to have what's called a standby team where, I mean, as soon as you are co- considered clinically dead, what they do is, I mean, they got to start the, the cooling process very quickly. Um, the, the, quick, the quicker, the better. And so what you, they, they do is they have a standby team <clears throat> to, you know, go to wherever you, you end up uh, to mm-hmm. retrieve, you know, to retrieve you. And then, uh, and then, her in, do as fast as they can to get the process started. 
Um, right, the, right. The, the, the quicker you get the process started, the, the better chance of uh, the infusion, success of the infusion of uh, that human antifreeze, as they call it. Um, yeah. there's, there's more uh, possibilities of, of success of the whole body being able to be infused with it, um, you know, for, for freezing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I haven't really yeah. delved into the subject, just what I know about um, the um, eggs and the, and the sperm and stuff, but um, definitely got my attention now. We have to look into this more because um, it's definitely interesting <laughs> and it is it is real. Yeah, it is fascinating stuff, and you know, there's uh, of course there's religious implications for for for, for many. Um, but any, go ahead, Jeff, John. Um, you know, there was this um, couple. They had a a baby, and it just came out with just a head, no abdomen or legs or arms or anything. And they raised it as their son for umpteen years, but it got to be twenty one, and they. The husband decided, well, hey, you know, I'm going to take my son out to have his first beer. So they went down to the local tavern to the first beer, and he took his son, which is just ahead, and set him, you know, next to him there and gave him a sip of beer and pop, popped out his abdomen. Now he's a head and an abdomen. Dad gave him another sip, and boom, there's another, there's an arm popped out. And then, bam, another sip, and another arm popped out, and then sipped again in a leg and sipped another leg, and the, the young man, you know, was so excited, he jumped up and down, hollering, yay, 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 and all that, and ran right out of the tavern, got hit by a bus, and the dad ran out to the front of the tavern, he was looking just distraught and stuff, and the guy standing on the sidewalk goes, man, he should have quit while he was still ahead. Oh, gee. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Wow, that's, that, that's awful, John. I can't believe that joke came out of your mouth. I'd expect something like that from Kelly, but uh, he's not with us tonight. Uh, but uh, well, hopefully, good. if he listens to the podcast, he'd uh, hear that. You know, well, I, no, actually, and there's another thing to to uh, look at. Now, I haven't looked this up yet, but supposedly somewhere in um, uh, it's Amsterdam or, or something of that nature, where I, I think they said it was a, a success, where they did a head transplant. So that's something I I, I, I want to look up. Uh, supposedly yeah. they they did somewhere and uh, or was it Scandinavia or something like that where they did a uh, or Switzerland or maybe where they did a successful head transplant uh, where a guy where I guess his body was you know dying or something and someone donated their uh, a body and they transplanted supposedly it was successful. I mean I don't know I. I have to look it up. Now that's bizarre. I know that the procedure's already uh, taken place. Yeah, Robert uh, heard about it. He's here. He's looking it up here. But he heard about it. I didn't hear about it. But wow, that's pretty bizarre. Yeah, that that'd be interesting. I, you know, definitely going to check uh, check more of that out. Uh, but actually, looking at the time, I do see that we only have about uh, six minutes, if that. Uh, before I have to close things out, and I do like to do uh, final, you know, comments, thoughts, um, and I do see others on the line. If you'd like to chime in with some final thoughts, push the one on the number dial. We'll get you in. Uh, but let's go ahead and do it this way. We'll go ahead and uh, to you, John. And at this point, you each got about, uh, I'd say, two minutes, two and a half minutes to do your closing thoughts. Then I'll have to close things out for tonight. And I do appreciate, of course, uh, you guys coming to the show tonight, and of course, you know, sharing out the link. 
the folks too, and I appreciate uh, that you you putting it on your your pages for folks uh, to access. So let's go ahead and uh, go ahead and uh, give you the, your final comments for this evening, John, and then to that uh, we'll, we'll give you the opportunity for your you know your final comments. Uh, so you can have the final word of the night, and then I'll uh, have to close things off uh, for this evening. And go ahead, John. Well, I hope I didn't offend anybody. But based on your reaction there, Robert, maybe I shouldn't be saying that. But when you guys started talking about cryogenics and it, they only uh, were able to freeze the head for whatever reason, that popped in my head from like 20 years That's ago. That's okay, so. John. It was just, I, I mean, I, I got a very vivid imagination. I mean, when I, that's one of the reasons why I love to read, especially like stories, you know, like, uh, you know, novels and, and things of that nature. Because when I read, I can, I can see the the scene of, of the book in my head. I mean, I, I love to read, and that's, it's probably one of the reasons why I, I love to do it, because I, I could see pictures of, you know, it's almost like reading for me is almost like watching a movie, you know, because I can I can literally, like, see it in my head. Um, uh-huh. And so while you were telling that joke, I've literally seen him, an arm's popping out and an abdomen popping out, and then seeing him getting hit by a, a the, the, I mean, I literally could, when you're telling the story, I could see it in my head. So it kind of gave, it was real graphic for me. It's okay, it's okay John, but it was real graphic for me when you, when you did that. But uh, I, I go ahead. One, I just thought it was one of them so far-fetched things that it would still be uh, something that would be kind of put a smile on your face as a chuckle because it just would see so outrageously out of the picture. It wouldn't even be considered as... Um, discriminatory or, or defamatory. Oh no, it wasn't anything like that. It just it was, it was graphic me seeing it because I'm seeing this guy running across and getting hit by a bus. But that's okay. As I said, I mean, I, I, I you well, know, I, it's not that's a problem. Go ahead. I am kind of sensitive to other people's feelings, so please forgive me if I'm. Well, I try not to have those, so don't worry about it, John. That's why we call this Bard's logic. I try to keep no, feelings aside. I, I got people listening. There's. <laughs> Yeah, but there's thousands of people listening to this show too, and I'm I'm really careful True. about con- being considered about all people. But anyway, I hope that at some point that I can find uh, somebody that knows enough about how to make a bill and to get some of these things that we talk about on this show into law and actually get some things done and and take it to that next level. Everybody, have a great week, and see you next week. No, I certainly agree and concur with that, uh, definitely. I know a lot of it starts with uh, just a lot of signatures and petitions to get something even uh, on a ballot, uh, especially if you, you're able to get on a ballot where the people can uh, vote for them, you know, like a referendum. But go, go ahead, uh, Suzette. For the grassroots revolution 2018, I would like to see that people are brought to justice. I would like to see – Members who are corrupt in the FBI, CIA, NSA, and all these other three-letter acronym agencies of intelligence uh, clean house because there are good agents and, you know, members in all of those agencies. But uh, unfortunately, right now we're seeing the bad half and all the corruption being exposed, but I would like to see those people brought to justice this year. And uh, I wish everybody a prosperous, successful year, whatever that means to you and your family. And um, God bless. That's it. Back to you, Robert. Well, thank you very much. Uh, so I definitely appreciate you coming on. Uh, let's definitely uh, message and, and chat off air as well. And uh, I do see the time, so uh, I'm going to have to uh, close things out for the evening. 
Of course, uh, thanks everyone for coming to the show uh, because uh, this is uh, your show and uh, you folks are uh, what uh, makes the show what it is. So we really appreciate that. And so, of course, uh, I will uh, see you next time. And, of course, I will end tonight as I do every night. And that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. Uh, take care, folks. Happy New Year. I like your idea, John, of, of, of getting some action done. And, and also, yes, maybe we can call this Suzette. Hopefully, uh, when we're talking next year, uh, perhaps we could call this the uh, Year of Justice uh, so that those, uh, ju- you know, justice can come for those who uh, deserve it. Uh, and thank you very much, and have a good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.